This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, July 13th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia police are investigating a triple shooting in northeast Philadelphia. It happened at 1135 yesterday evening on the 4200 block of Roosevelt Boulevard at Whitaker Avenue. Police said three victims were sitting outside on the front steps when someone pulled up and opened fire. Investigators said the front door of the home was shot up and bullets were also found in a neighboring home. Police said 13 spent shell casings were found at the scene. The three men were taken to the hospital. Uh, two were in critical condition. One is in stable condition. No one inside of the homes were hurt. Uh, police said the suspects drove off. So far, there's no word on any motive for the shooting and no arrests have been made at this time. A recent high school graduate from Brooklyn gave his life to save two friends in the water off of Ventnor, New Jersey over the weekend. 18-year-old Jalen Alston was visiting the Jersey Shore with two friends when he answered the call to help them as they started having trouble in the water on Friday night about 7 p.m. The U.S. Coast guard says that Jalen pushed the two swimmers to shore, but he never returned uh, himself. I just, I can't believe anybody even went in the water that day. Uh, I was... What, um, why? It was bad? Uh, it was really bad. Um, like the, what, rip currents or... Which is all of it. Uh, we got really bad storms coming all the way through on Friday. Um, you know, where I was down in Wildwood Crest, you know, the, I mean, it's even still yesterday, there were pools of water still on the beach just from how much rain and everything we got. And so I had gone down to the beach on Friday afternoon, evening-ish time so that my son could, like, skimboard and surf. And I saw people out there surfing, and there's there, there are no lifeguards out there. The water is entirely too treacherous for anybody to go out in there, you know. Um, so I just, you know, I don't know why people do that. So one of his friends, after he pushed them to the shore, was able to call 911. According to uh, the Ventnor Police Department's police chief, Jalen's body was later recovered Saturday night in Atlantic City. Jalen was a 2020 graduate of George Westinghouse High School and was celebrating his recent graduation in Ventnor. State health officials in Pennsylvania have added four states, including neighboring Delaware, to the travel quarantine recommendation aimed at stemming the spread of COVID-19 in the Commonwealth. Officials said people who have traveled to Delaware, Iowa, Kansas, and Oklahoma are being asked to self-quarantine for 14 days upon their return to Pennsylvania. The state earlier issued the recommendation for self-quarantine for people returning to the Commonwealth from 15 other states, Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Florida, Georgia, uh, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nevada, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. The health department also announced on Saturday that 17 more deaths attributed to the coronavirus, bringing the total number of deaths associated with COVID-19 to 6,897. More than 200 new cases in Allegheny County and more than 100 in Philadelphia were part of the more than 800 additional positive cases announced, bringing the statewide total to more than 94,600 cases. In sports this morning... This morning, the Washington Redskins will officially announce that they will be changing their nickname, though no new name will be revealed. It had been widely expected that Washington would change its name, and according to ESPN, the announcement of a new name would come soon, but that the new name would not be announced yet because trademark issues are pending. The plan, as of now, is to retain the franchise's use of burgundy and gold colors. Head coach Ron Rivera said the team wanted to include the military in its new name as well. Phillies second baseman Scott Kingery, who was hit hard by coronavirus, rejoined his 
teammates and went through a series of workouts over the weekend. Kingery took batting practice and did some fielding and throwing drills, but did not play in the team's inter-squad game. His battle with coronavirus started on June 11th when he was tested positive and dealt with difficult symptoms for more than two weeks. Shortly after arriving back in Philadelphia last week, Kingery was checked out by doctors and his exam included an EKG. In an interview over the weekend, he said they wanted to look at my heart to see if anything got messed up from COVID. It's been a month-long process to get back on the field. I'm glad to be back. Kingery, who ex- uh, experienced shortness of breath when he was ill, wore a mask during drills in the field. And in soccer news, Toronto FC's MLS is back tournament game against D.C. United, originally scheduled for yesterday, has been postponed after D.C. posted a positive coronavirus test and Toronto had one in, uh, inconclusive test. The tournament had been troubled with issues since FC Dallas pulled out because of a high number of positive COVID-19 tests and Nashville FC was forced to do the same. On Thursday, Alejandro Vidoya scored as the Union reported a 1-0 win over New York City FC. Up next for the Union is a match scheduled for tomorrow night against Inter-Miami CF at the ESPN Wide World of Sports in Orlando. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thanks, Kath. And uh, welcome back, everybody. Good to see you all again. Good to see you. We are here uh, in the studio once again. Already Casey's filling around. There's, <laughs> you having technical problems? Yeah, again? I just took issues. To, uh, I, I don't know sign language, right? So I'm trying to sign to you that my headphones don't work. I, I've got zero uh, audio no signal coming No, in. nothing. Oh, so, and I can't figure it out. It's the way so, it usually works. We go away, something technically gets uh, tweaked with while we're gone, and then we have to deal with it over the course of the next couple of days. And but, quite often, we only have things revealed to us the very second we go oh, yes. on air. <laughs> you don't know. So in the pre-show s- uh, setup, everything seems to be functioning correctly, mm-hmm. and then the magic begins. All right. So we'll uh, we'll go through this magic together. But uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had a week off, so we're... Back at work once again with some uh, some stuff, regular things like a new Word of the Week prize. We have a uh, physique. Uh, no, Pizik. I keep saying physique. I Pi- say physique too, but Pizik is the name, right? Pizik yeah. round barbecue and fire pit kits to give away from Landis Block for the Word of the Week prize. So we'll get the letter at the end of the show and uh, we'll move forward with all that and we'll give that away on Friday. Uh, we also have a guest on the program today. Comedian Greg Warren will be joining us. Uh, he's been on the show many times, either in person or giving us a call. And he's got a new stand-up comedy special called Where the Field Corn Grows. So we'll have to ask him what the hell that means. But yes. it's available on Amazon Prime. He's a St. Louis boy. He is. Yes. So uh, we have that in common. And uh, you guys all look good. Yeah, nice. You look good. Kathy, yeah. you got some sun, it looks really? like. Yeah. Oh, you know, and it's so funny because um, this summer I haven't been to the beach as much. I really... I mean, we do go to the pool, but, like, they've added umbrellas. I've been sitting in the shade, so I really haven't been out in the sun. You know, I've been outside, but not in the sun as much. Have you been reading your Danielle Steele and smoking your uh, Virginia Slims (laughs) with the uh, other ladies? Well, no, but I am uh, currently reading a book, yes. Way to go, baby. You've come a long way, baby. (laughs) Wasn't that it? Yeah. (laughs) You've got your own cigarette now, baby. Uh, 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 Yes, of course. It's good to get sun protection, Kathy. You, You age slower. Uh, when I walk past Steve, the office, that's why. that's why I'm sitting in the damn shade. Oh my god! I used to love the sun. Oh, I still love the sun. I don't want to be in the well, shade. Doesn't touch you a nerve. Man. Yeah. You touched a nerve. Uh-huh. No, she, and she looks. She looks like she's 14. Yeah, she, she does indeed. Oh, go oh god! All right, can, uh, stop it. Nick's looking even fuzzier. You haven't touched the beard at all since no, we saw you last. I'm trying to figure out what to do with this damn thing. Yeah, it's getting out of control. I was it's not Brent Porsche level. I was doing a hair assessment yesterday. I looked at myself uh, in you know in the morning, and I'm like, it's it's getting the, the locks are getting longer. And, turn, uh, turn your head slightly, if I may yeah. say. Yeah, 
think I, yeah. I'd have to show a you a picture. Bit of a party going on back well, there. Well, when I don't have all the the product in, yeah. and uh, I'll I'll show you a photo that I that I took yesterday. L- uh, you look a little like uh, Dorothy Hamill, right? With that little bob cut in the back. It's I nice look and... a little like Dorothy <laughs> Hamill. Dorothy Hamill was not a name what, that immediately came into what my. What man doesn't want to hear <laughs> that? Like Dorothy <laughs> Hamill. <laughs> Dorothy you know, Hamill. When she grew the beard. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? I no, remember? I, I think uh, Nancy Kerrigan would probably be more. <laughs> yeah. It's not, her, his hair's not that long yet. <laughs> no, not that long. Anyhow, uh, we, well, we've all grown in this yeah. past week or so in different ways, and it's nice to see each other. They just pulled up a picture of Dorothy Hamill on you the look monitor. nothing like Dorothy Hamill. <laughs> all right, well, uh, anyhow, I have a load of entertainment stories to get to, some sad news, unfortunately, to report, and uh, sometimes that's uh, the way it goes. But we'll uh, have some positive stories in there as well. Stupid question coming up too when we return. Stay with us because we're having a good time on this Monday morning together once again. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hey, you don't need a getaway to have a great getaway this summer. At Acme, you'll find everything you need to get into vacation mode right at home. Enjoy summer favorites all season long. From their famous USDA Lancaster brand choice beef and tender chicken to the tastiest summer fruits and vegetables. So fresh and delicious, you'll think you're on vacation. No matter what your grocery needs are this summer, Acme has you covered. Acme, your summer food headquarters. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's uh, give away some good eats for a stupid question this morning. I have a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. If you can answer this simple two-word question, why Pinto? (laughs) (laughs) 215-263-WNMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Why Pinto? All right, call now. We'll go through some birthdays while we are awaiting your answer. Uh, today is Monday, July 13th, and first birthday I see on the list is uh, Ken Jong, huh. Dr. Ken Jong, uh, who has been in a bunch of movies, and uh, Casey, you said you don't really find him funny? I, uh, I don't find his stand-up all that funny. And yeah, it's not, and on The Mass Singer. Yeah, commentary on The Mass Singer is not yep. that great. I love him as an actor, though. Yeah. He's very he's, funny. Was he a, a, a general practitioner? Is yeah, he's an he actual, yeah. like, doctor, MD, and I, I didn't... Uh, I, I guess we all first saw him in The Hangover, maybe? It was the first probably. time. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, and uh, Crazy Rich Asians, he's great in. Um, and what was the, um, I always forget the name of the movie, Kathy, where they Knocked they up. go away on the retreat, uh, uh, the couples. Couples, couples, couples retreat. retreat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you remember? What's that movie about the Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> That movie about the, the, the Titanic movie. <laughs> What's that movie where everybody's really hungover? Like the, the entire movie. Happy birthday to Dr. Ken Jong. Uh, the big birthday on my list today. Actually, there's a few really, really good ones today. Harrison Ford Whoa. celebrates right. his birthday today. Harrison Ford is 78 years old. I just saw him at a documentary about the director, John Milius, who hung out with uh, Steven Spielberg and all those guys. And... Um, I love him to death. I think he's got to lose that earring, though. It's just too much of a distraction. At this really? point, he yeah. does not care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like he just, yeah. it doesn't matter to him what anybody else thinks. I, I think he's got to lose that just gruff. Yeah, he just doesn't seem I think, happy. Right, I think he can't shake that. Yeah, you know what I think yeah. he really needs to lose his pilot's license. <laughs> That's the yeah. one thing he probably doesn't need anymore. He had another uh, another incident, another near miss. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, he is turning seventy eight years old today. 
Richard Cheech Marin is uh, 74 years old. Cheech and Chong uh, fame, obviously. Do you know he has a world-class collection of Spanish art? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we talked to him about that uh, probably the last time we had him on. But, yes, he is an art collector. He just wanted to talk about being on Nash Bridges. That was um, well, who yeah. wouldn't? Uh, so he is uh, 74 today. Uh, Camera, you okay? I'm good. His, How was that? I, I, uh, His respirator well, I taped over. I because of Nash Bridges. <laughs> and then... Um, Man, you are off to a tough start, dude. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> oh, okay. It was a funny joke. And I, I spit my coffee out all over myself because Nash Bridges caught me. And um, my headphones are connected to a headphone pack because my and headphones don't oh my actually It's a battery. Your headphones pack. connected to you. Yeah. <laughs> so when fell. I stood up to get a, a napkin for spilling my coffee, the thing fell on the ground. I, We're good. We're all good here. I, I, heard, you, I heard the noise. I thought, I thought your coffee mug fell on the ground or something. No. Oh thing sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm in good shape. Guys. Okay. <laughs> we are back, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah we are. <laughs> Uh, Cameron Crowe, the director, is uh, 63 years old today. What's the most recent thing that he has been a part of? What was the most recent thing? that uh, show called Roadies on HBO, and he hasn't done anything since. That was 2016, so it's been a while. He did that movie before where, I guess, who is it? Was it uh, Emma Stone was in it, or there was some issue about her playing in in a, uh, like, a a Asian character? Yeah, 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 I remember that. Uh, but he's been at the helm of some really great stuff over the years. Like writing or directing, say anything, uh, almost famous, obviously, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Jerry Maguire, of which we have some sad news about a star from that film in just a moment I'm going to get to. Patrick Stewart, a big birthday for him today, is 80 years old. I See, I always see Patrick Stewart. He He's 80. Harrison Ford is 78. I always see Patrick Stewart as much older than no, Harrison I, Ford. You just think that. You know Patrick I mean? Stewart seemed 80, 30 years ago. But he's uh, he's he's awesome. He's in phenomenal shape. He eight is. years old. He's, just, he's a fun dude. Loves to smoke weed, too. Yeah, that's, isn't that he's hilarious? He's a big pot smoker. Yeah. Uh, but he, I, I love everything about him. So happy 80th birthday to Patrick Stewart. Roger McGuinn, singer and guitarist of the Birds. I love this band. Love Roger McGuinn. Listen to them all the time. Uh, he also celebrates, like Harrison Ford, his 78th birthday today. So happy birthday to you. Erno Rubik, the inventor of the Rubik's Cube, is 76 today. Did he have any other successes? Certainly nothing that matched the Rubik's Cube, but did he have anything else that he invented that achieved any level of success? A good question. Uh, Nick has just pulled up his Wikipedia. Oh, the flashlight. Uh, he he, yeah. he invented the, the Rubik's flashlight. flashlight. Oh, well, there were a lot of things that had the Rubik's name. Like, they had that, the, the missing link, right? Uh, was that Rubik's as well? Steve, imagine a flashlight <laughs> that you have to solve before you can Before you can it. penetrate it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Casey, I don't know. Um, hang on a second here. Somebody moved my... My mouse here, so let me uh, see what I can find. She's just falling apart. Uh, other inventions. Uh, let's see: Rubik's magic, Rubik's snake, and Rubik's three hundred and sixty, and waffle fries. So he invented Dude, those. Uh, Steve, they have a like a four um, Rubik's cube. I've right? seen it. I can't even come, do that. Come one. on. I, I mean, I am so stupid. I've never come close to solving the original Rubik's cube. I'm going to take that on. No way. Uh, he is a professor with full tenure. Uh, I mean, he's a super-duper smart guy besides just inventing a game. Uh, and he's Hungarian, by the way, so he celebrates his 76th birthday today. 
The last birthday I saw is someone who we absolutely loved having in our studio, actress Didi Kahn. Yes. Uh, she was Frenchy in uh, Greece, and she is 69. She was so much fun. Loved talking about that show. She was in with uh, Cindy Williams. Yeah. We had a, we had a great what a, time. What a great two. day that was. Yep. So happy birthday uh, to everybody celebrating their birthdays today. All right. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. And... Uh, the question is, why Pinto? So I'm going to go to a caller named Flounder. Hey, Flounder. <laughs> hey, good morning. Uh, Flounder, uh, why Pinto? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> good call in the name, too, my friend. Hang on. We're going to get your information. And we're going to give you a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. Some is here. Catch the flavors of the season of Bonefish Grill and enjoy Key West Ahi Tuna topped with roasted shrimp. Fresh tomatoes and avocados finished with sweet chili mango vinaigrette. Pair it perfectly with the Coral Reef Punch. And you can order delivery via DoorDash and Uber Eats. Or you can dine in at, uh, and you can visit uh, bonefishgrill.com for information. Uh, I'm not going to lead with the super duper sad news because normally um, I I would do, on a Monday, the weekend box office. There hasn't been a box office, but there kind of is. The Empire Strikes Back is the number one movie at the box office this weekend. Huh? It's been 23 years since the sequel to A New Hope was at the top of the box office. Movie theaters are gradually starting to reopen their doors across North America. And due to current case uh, spikes popping up all over the country, but there are less than 500 theaters currently open in the United States, which includes drive-ins. So the box office looks different right now than it did during this exact time last year. While the weekend totals have yet to be tallied, the Empire Strikes Back is estimated to have taken in between four hundred and five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> after taking in an additional one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars on Saturday. This was more than enough to take the top spot this weekend because they're running it at like sure. drive-in. Yeah, awesome. and what, what's what's the average price for like a drive-in? You I don't know. Yeah, I, I know it's obviously much cheaper than going to the regular movie theater. Uh, as of this writing, the domestic total for the popular sequel is $290.4 million. The Empire Strikes Back was released in theaters again back in 1997, but it was technically the number one movie at the box office. Mm. I haven't done a box office report, a Monday box office report in yeah. months. Yes. Uh, so it was nice. We got to, one. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of that for you. I like that. Now on to the sad news. Woke up to this this morning. It was on my, my Twitter alert. Um, actress Kelly... Preston has died after a two-year battle with breast cancer. I didn't even know she had breast no. cancer. She I was told... 57 years mm. old. When you brought that up, Preston, I, I remembered it being a rumor, and it seemed like the rumor was dismissed, and there was nothing to back it up, and that was a little while ago. This is just completely out of the blue. I have had such a long-time crush on her. Oh, yeah. This was really sad oh, yeah. to hear. According to TMZ, a family rep confirmed that she passed yesterday. The rep also revealed that she chose to keep her cancer battle private, saying choosing to keep her fight private, she had been undergoing medical treatment for some time, supported by her closest family and friends. The rep added she was a bright, beautiful, and loving soul who cared deeply about others and who brought life to everything that she touched. John Travolta, who was married to Kelly for 28 years, said in a statement on Instagram, it is with a very heavy heart that I inform you that my beautiful wife, Kelly, has lost her two-year battle with breast cancer. She fought a courageous fight with the love and support of so many. Uh, I said, my family and I will forever be grateful to her doctors and nurses at MD Anderson Cancer Center, all the medical centers that have helped, 
as well as her many friends and loved ones who have been by her side. Kelly's love and life will always be remembered. He said, I will be taking some time to be there for my children who have lost their mother, so forgive me in advance if you do not hear from us for a while, but please know that I will feel your outpouring of love in the weeks and months ahead as we heal. Of course, she had been in in a a lot of great movies over the years, uh, Jerry Maguire being one of her biggest, but uh, for Love of the Game is one of my favorites that she's in. It's a great movie. Uh, Uh, And even some of the more, the, uh, you know, the the more uh, lighter stuff that she was in, I was a fan of. Yes. And um, the the Experts. The Experts. Pretty good movie. That's That's where they they met, right? That's where they met in 1987. Yep. She was in What a Girl Once. Was she in Space Camp? She was in Space Camp, Yeah. Uh, they met in 1987. They wed in 1991. They had three kids, Jet, Ella Blue, and Benjamin. And, of course, Jet, who had autism, passed away in 2009 Awful. after suffering a seizure. So now, as you and I were talking, Steve, this morning, he's lost one of his children and his wife, and his wife. John Travolta. So that's just horrible, horrible news. And, you know, I, I, I think back to when he came by here in the studio last year. They she was to, in the throes of it. They had to be in, in the throes of the whole thing. So it's ah. just sad, sad news. So uh, that was just terrible to wake up. There was just a, uh, they released a, a preview for, I guess it's a Quibi <clears throat> series with him and Kevin Hart, and where he plays sort of a uh, a guy who teaches you how to be an action hero star, right. Travolta. And it's really, it's, you know, the language is really heavy duty and it looks really funny. Uh, but he, so he must have been working on that while yeah. she was sick as well. Is it called Die Hard? I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. You know what the earliest role I remember her in was um, My Secret Admirer. I I enjoy that movie. Her yeah. and who was the uh, uh, the, the other one? There, there was one. Uh, she was the really hot one. Then he had the really nice and hot one. Right. Um, it wasn't Lori Laughlin. It was um, the girl I always confuse. Well, maybe it was the chick from uh, Laura San Giacomo. I, I think it's Lori Laughlin. Secret Admirer. Nick is looking it up right Lori now. Lori Laughlin. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's hey. who it was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just sad news. 57 and two-year battle. Had no idea about that. Another big story from the weekend <clears throat> was uh, during an episode of Red Table Talk on Friday. Jacob, Jada Pinkett Smith admitted that she did have a relationship with singer August Alsina mm. while separated from Will Smith four years ago. We have a few clips. I think, are those over, Casey? Uh, they're coming over it's now. It's going to be a minute. Uh, so she confirmed the relationship started as a friendship with her and her family, Uh, When her and her family uh, were helping him out with his uh, health and his mental state, apparently. So correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but when the story first broke, they said this had not happened or that it was not what he was indicating it was. And so this is a reversal. Yeah, they kind of denied it, I guess. Right, right. And the longstanding belief is that they've had an open marriage for 20 some odd years. But they've also said that that's not necessarily the case right. as well. So they keep I, it purposefully vague. Here's uh, some clips from this. This is uh, Will talking about at one point he had said that uh, that he was done with her. So they did have a break. This apparently happened. This yeah. relationship happened when they were kind of uh, uh, estranged for a little while. You and I were going through a very difficult time. Yeah. And we decided. I was done with your you. Ass. Yeah, you kicked me to I the curb. I was done with you. We decided that we were going to separate for a period of time and you go figure out how to make yourself happy and I'll figure out how to make myself happy. Well, at that particular point in time, it was indefinite. Now, one of the things that, that came to light was Elsina, and we had talked about this you know, before we were on the break, had said that he had actually gotten permission 
uh, from Will to see Jada. That yeah. They had apparently talked about it. And this is them addressing that. You know, the only person that could give permission in, in, in that particular uh, uh, yeah. circumstance is myself. Yes. I could actually see how he would perceive it as permission because we were separated amicably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he also wanted to make it clear that he's not a homewrecker, mm-hmm. which he's not. And then she had apparently described their relationship as an entanglement. <laughs> right, which, uh, which is kind of interesting. Made uh, Will sort of chuckle at that notion. And here we go. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. As far as what? You and I. Yeah, and then I got into an entanglement with August. That's what I said. An entanglement? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A relationship. Yes, it was a yeah. relationship. Absolutely. I was in a lot of pain. And I was very broken. Now, in the process of that relationship, I definitely realized that you can't find happiness outside of yourself. All right. You know, my my take on it and his reaction is that it's so chill that he had to have some side action as well. I think he had like he's like okay, yeah. I'm well, okay. yeah. There's no way she went out and did. And I'm he okay didn't. with this, you know. Uh, I saw because- on Twitter the, over the weekend, Steve, that like there there were some names named with Will that like Margot Robbie was on this list, and uh, he was uh, Charlize Theron. I'd heard those rumors. I yeah, because they they were in the, that movie where they played. Uh, well, um, oh yeah. Hannibal. What is it? Is it? Uh, Hancock. 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 Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say Hannibal. That's an entirely different movie. Why <laughs> talk about it though? Like why not? Just ignore it's like compelling stuff. I mean, I know, if, I know for us, but I'm saying like for them, why, why are they having this conversation? Well, maybe it helps because she has this this show that right, is apparently her them. being a full on open book about right. their lives. So it's actually kind of I'm glad they're doing that. It's you know? sort of smart too if you want to promote the show, the Red Table Talk, and they're they're just yeah. and, and then if you they're sitting on the opposite sides of the table, it's clear they're they put this behind them right as part of the deal. But it's interesting to see. <clears throat> well, this this uh, August Elsina guy. Th- I mean, this news or rumors or whatever just sort of surfaced a couple of weeks ago prior to this. yeah, he was the one who was but putting it out there. With the with that said, uh, years ago we were talking on this show about how. Uh, Jada and Will were going through, you know, some rough patches, and they were like, "No, we're all good. We're good. We're good." And so they deflected. No sad bro. They were saying no yeah. sad bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but they were saying no. There's nothing wrong. And as it turns out, there there was something going on. Was I, it this? I don't know. And this is uh, Jada saying she doesn't see this as a transgression. Here we go. I feel like that husband. Ah. That husband. I'm with, now. I got to be with you at the press conference <laughs> while you like to tell the world. Uh, about your transgressions. <laughs> but I actually don't look at it as a transgression at all. Through that particular journey, I learned so much mm-hmm. about myself. And as I came through and started to realize certain things about you and I, he decided to break all communication with me, right. which was totally understandable and hadn't talked to him since. All right. And uh, yeah, it was, it's uh, so she, she's saying he broke it off. Yeah. yeah. Huh? All right, one more clip, and this is them uh, using a line from uh, from Bad Boys. Here we go. It's just part of it. Yeah. You know, if you expect to be with somebody for a lifetime. 25 years and counting. Mm. We ride together. We, we die, die together. together. Bad, Bad marriage, marriage for, for life. life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Wow. laughs> that is kind of cute. cute. <laughs> All right. Now, you keep effing who you want. Other <laughs> Other relationship news. Johnny Depp's testimony in London's high court on Friday in court entered new realms of surreality. 
And he's there in a libel case against his son, suing the paper for referring to him as a wife, Peter. Uh, but the case has largely devolved into a tell-all about his fraught marriage with Amber Heard. And listen to this, latest scoop. <laughs> yeah. Has Deb has has Depp dubbing his ex Amber Turd? <laughs> Oh, my God. Instead of Amber Heard. You guys heard this? Yeah, Amber Turd. Yeah, no. After she crapped in his bed. Oh, my. One night. On purpose? In an alleged prank after a wild birthday party. Yeah. You know, Amber Heard's becoming less attractive to me as we move along. Uh, Depp told the court it was one of the most absurd, unexpected (laughs) statements that I've ever (laughs) witnessed in my life. So, yes. Initially, I did laugh because it was so strange. I rolled over and there was a caca. Uh, <laughs> the son's lawyer. She caca in the bed. The son's lawyer, Sasha Wass, also noted that another nickname he invented was Amber in the Dumps. Uh, Depp called the feces the final straw. He said, I thought that was an oddly fitting end what? to what the relationship. What is that? What is that in the bed? You made a duty. Yeah. <laughs> you are filthy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you made a caca in the bit. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's weird. It's not, it's not funny. Like I, I have even um, you wouldn't. Find e- that even funny. I wouldn't. Listen, I was at a party one time where these people thought it would be funny to take a dump in a pizza box and leave it in the bathtub, and I was like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand what's funny about that. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, if it to wasn't me, to me, funny that's for weird. Abraham Lincoln to do it, no, it's not funny for you to do. it. No, to me, there's um. There's a screw loose when you find that to be like funny. Like there is a, listen, there's a fascination. Come... What is the fascination with fecal matter? Is it called corporophilia? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. 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 Well, that's like a you sexual know, thing. Using yeah. it. Yeah. You, know. you also need two girls in a cup to fulfill that. Uh, but Casey, so that's a line for you. <laughs> it's good to know. And coming from the guy who had to take a dump on the side of the uh, didn't office. have to, but <laughs> did. No, I did. It was the. It was my choices were in my pants. Or outside. Right. That's, that'll be the name of your autobiography, yeah. In My Pants or Outside. <laughs> I still can't believe that happened. Me neither, Kathy. Me neither. <laughs> now, also, an audio recording of Depp begging Heard to cut him was also played in court. Uh, and do we have that? We yeah. do. Okay. Hey, this is incredibly bizarre. All right, here we go. Cut him. want to cut me somewhere. Do I want to cut you? Yeah. You want an arm? You want a chest? You want... What do you want the scar? What do you want? Cut me. Don't cut your skin. Please do not cut your skin. Please don't. Cut me. Why do would me. I do that? It's easy. Don't. Please do not do that. Please do not do that. Cut me. If you don't, I will. Cut me. I would never cut you. Cut me. I would never do that to you. Don't. 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 Don't you tell me. Do not do that, Johnny. Please, I you're going to... look at you. You're going to hurt yourself. Please I want to look at you. I know you're in pain, but... Stop, please. There's don't. a way for the pain to go away. Wow. Oh, I see. You can take dookies in the bed and you can't cut me. Is that how it works? You can be the poop queen between the sheets, but you won't take a knife to my chest. They recorded that, huh? Oh, my. She did. I of guess. course she did. Yeah. And I think he's doing it just to intimidate her. I don't know. To freak her out. Yeah, that's what yeah, I think it yeah. probably is. You can dump in the sheets and you won't even cut me with the knife. I'm away for you. I let you crap all over the sheets. You won't just cut your name into my chest. <laughs> what kind of relationship do we have? <laughs> our, There's our, give and take. Our yeah. entanglement. Yeah. There's give and take give in and relationships. Take. You got to work on it. You know? Exactly. You, you don't a build cut. a relationship that way. Mm-hmm. I let you crap in the bed. You cut me with the knife. Mm-hmm. Oh it's the way God. it was meant to be. 
insane. Speaking of cutting, Johnny allegedly... Like, poop on the knife first and then cut. <laughs> oh, you used a poop knife? Yeah. Right next to the toilet. Uh, speaking of cutting, Johnny allegedly threatened to cut off Elon Musk's penis after he heard of her having an affair while they were married. Cut uh, off his penis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will cut off Elon Musk's penis <laughs> with your poop knife. <laughs> Musk has denied having an affair with Heard, but the uh, pair did date for a year after she and Depp had split up. They did. Uh, and what, who was the, the, the threesome was with Cara Delevingne, supposedly? So. Yeah, and yeah. she said that didn't happen. Huh. Uh, Depp said that Heard demanded constant attention during their marriage, but on occasion he said, quote, out of nowhere, if my ham wasn't holding Ms. Heard's hand or, or I didn't have my arm on her or whatever, she would reach over and grab my hand and put it on her thigh so that I was then feeding the attention that she wanted. It was almost as if there were rules. She has a routine, and if that routine isn't met to her standards, then there was going to be a problem. Here's the routine. Wake up in the morning, clean the poop out of the bed. <laughs> now, Go this, make breakfast. The lawyer, grab a knife, she cuts me with it. Uh, it was alleged that on the night of the feces incident, which happened after her 30th birthday, uh, yeah, after her 30th birthday. Oh, when you hit 30, that's the uh, feces year. <laughs> Depp picked up a Magnum bottle of champagne and threw it at her. Uh, Wass then alleged that he pushed her onto the bed, adding, when she tried to leave, you blocked the bedroom door and you tried to grab her hair. This is the lawyer saying this to him. Uh, Heard's allegations of sexual violence were heard privately in court without press or the public present, and the case does continue next week. One has to look back at this and say, what what has been served by having all this dragged out into the light? It, it, it just at a certain point, it, it would say obviously it was a toxic relationship. Just cut and let things proceed. Yeah. A lot of people perceive her as being out of her mind and perceive him as being out of his mind. So yep. that's what it is. One of the stories that was developing since we were uh, off last week was the, is the uh, the search for uh, Glee star Naya Rivera in Lake Piru in California. It continued over the weekend. She disappeared. This is such a horrible story. On Thursday during a boating trip with her four-year-old son, Josie, he was found napping on the boat. He yeah. Had, he had a life jacket on. She didn't have one. She was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's doing okay. Uh, the Ventura County Sheriff's Office released video footage from their deployment of a remotely operated vehicle 30 feet under the lake surface. The ROV was sent down to investigate a dark shape. It turned out to be a tree branch. Uh, TMZ reports that authorities are also planning to search the cabins around the lake to dispel theories that she had made her way to a cabin. I can't see that happening. No, no. <clears throat> but they're going to they're gonna check everything. So it, has it officially crossed over into a recovery mode now? It's That's what I'd heard, that, that that's how they're yeah. treating it. I mean, because the, you know, it's, the evidence says that she drowned. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. That, uh, so uh, Ventura County Sheriff's Office Captain Eric Bouchot said that the situation is difficult because we don't know if she's going to be found five minutes from now or five days from now. Uh, he's confident that her body will be found. Rivera shared Josie with her ex-husband, Ryan Dorsey. He reportedly told authorities that they went swimming together in the lake, but that she never jumped back into the boat. A spokesperson, uh, Sergeant Kevin Donahue, uh, didn't sound as sure as Bouchot at an earlier press conference. He said, in this particular lake in that area, there's a lot of trees and plants and such that are under the water that can cause entanglements. Huh. Uh, it makes it unsafe for the divers, and it makes it a more complicated search. If the body is entangled in something beneath the water, it may never come back up. We don't know. So that's a possibility. She may have just, you know, decided to dive down 
and got caught up on something. So if you ever go, and I know you've been whitewater rafting, and yeah. if you ever fall out of the boat, and the one thing they tell you is stay away from the edges of the river because you get sucked under a branch or caught on something, yeah, you get they, your foot wedged. You want to keep uh, your, your uh, it's called toes and nose. Yeah, yeah. You want to keep your, your feet up out of the water and your head obviously up out of the water. So right. you want to be on your back, you want to be toes and nose so nothing gets caught underneath. So, yeah, it's uh, just terrible. So... Uh, an eyewitness had uh, said of seeing Rivera and Josie set off, said it was a beautiful day. It was comfortable weather, and there were other pontoon boats in the water, and even a water skier. She looked like any other mother with a son going out to enjoy the day. Uh, of course, like I said, she was wearing, or he was wearing a, a vest. She was not. So they're continuing to search. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, amid the college admission scandal, Lori Laughlin and Massimo, uh, Massimo Giannulli, Listed their Bel Air home for $28.65 million. It's a sort of a loss, right, for what they paid for it? Uh, well, they, yeah, they purchased, no, actually, they purchased the home for $14 million oh. in 2015. I so. thought they were taking a hit on it. Well, they're, 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 if they sell it, they're making money. Uh, the house recently sold for considerably less, people report. They put a trampoline in the back. That's what jacked the price. <laughs> Though the amount was not specified. Uh, yeah, they, they had purchased it for $14 million in 2015. Pair pleaded guilty to paying $500,000 for their daughter's falsely designated crew recruits at the University of Southern California, obviously, as we know that already. And they included the lawn darts, too, so that's jacking the price. They left those in? Yeah, why not? Permanent course. Mm -hmm. Uh, After Fandy Newton's quotes about working with Katie Holmes's ex, Tom Cruise, went viral, she started following her on Instagram. Uh, Newton had told New York Magazine, quote, I was so scared of Tom. He was a very dominant individual. Uh, he tries super hard to be a nice person, but the pressure, uh, he takes on a lot. And I think he has this sense that only he can do everything as best as it can be done. Uh, and I don't have any... Well, he's a Thaden, right? Other than that. Is he a, is he, has he reached Thaden level? I don't know. In Scientology? I know he's trying for that. I don't know <clears throat> if he's climbed the bridge all the way or not, Steve, is <laughs> what Theta level he's at. I don't know. Maybe he's a a rookie Theta. Yeah, he might be. An RT. Uh, Army Hammer and Elizabeth Chambers announced that they are splitting up. This just rips me apart. Uh, The pair married in 2010. They wrote on social media 13 years as best friends, soulmates, partners, and then parents. And then she takes a dump in the bed. It has been an incredible journey. But together, we decided to turn the page and move on from our marriage. Okay. <laughs> They're doing that together? <laughs> yeah. I thought you do that separately. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's get divorced together. What's his actual name? Because I... It, it, uh, his name is... Um, so, he's part of the Hammer... Is he part of the Arm yeah. and Hammer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He is. So, it's Hammer is his last name? Yes. Armand, okay. yeah. Armand okay. Douglas Hammer. <clears throat> Okay. His uncle right. is uh, MC, of course. Then I, I hate his name less than. Uh, because if that was an actual stage name, I, I think I would hate it. What's the story with uh, Arm & Hammer Boulevard out towards uh, Pottstown? I, I remember yeah. Arm & Hammer owns it. No, nah, there's, a, there's a story behind that, but I, for, I forgot what it is. Anyhow, we're not talking about that now. <laughs> we're talking about the fact that these two split up and they've decided to move on together. Uh, as we went... <laughs> Let's move on together separately. He said, as we enter into this next chapter, our children and relationship as co-parents and dear friends will remain our priority. It's a big party. Yeah. Uh, The social network star and the TV host share two kids. 
uh, five-year-old daughter, uh, Harper, and three-year-old son, Ford. There was word that he was up for or even screen-tested for the role of the Green Lantern in the Justice League movie when oh. they were going to include him. Okay. So um, I don't think anything came of that. Speaking of superheroes, uh, the TV Critics Association has announced nominations for their annual award show, Watchmen, an unbelievable lead with four nominations each. Uh, and HBO emerged victorious over all the platforms of 16 Nods. It's unbelievable. Watchmen deserves <laughs> awards. That was a great show. I yeah. just watched it. I, I watched it over the break, and um, you guys were right. You guys watched it, I guess, about a year ago when it came out. Uh, and, man, it's it's so good. It's so phenomenal. It's really complex, isn't it? It is. And, yeah. and I was admittedly lost for the first four or five episodes, but they do an incredible job at uh, keeping you in it and then tying all the loose ends together. The pitch of it is it was so good, there are no plans for a second season. I'm yeah. like, look out, come on. Uh, Netflix comes in second with 10 nominations. Uh, women received uh, 10 out of 13 nominations across comedy and drama. So that is the TV Critics Association. Well, as if it wasn't enough, having Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom as your parents, imagine having Jennifer Aniston as your godmother <sighs> I as dream well. about that every night. Katie and uh, fiance Orlando's baby is already destined to be a beautiful superstar, but with Jen also looking after her, what if what if for success? What if by some weird occurrence, Preston, it's the the kid is just a mess. You it know? can happen. <laughs> yeah, it can happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, and God bless. You know, I, I, I'm a mess, so I know what I'm talking about. A source said Katie and Jen are very close. During lockdown, they went for socially distanced walks and spent lots of time catching up. Katie in Orlando reportedly wept when they asked her, and Jen also shed some tears during the sweet moment. No! Yeah. No! Really, really, Those really. are tears really. of joy. No! No! It doesn't even sound like Jen, right? No! No! That's over a dog being kept outside, by the way. It is, right. actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was from Wife Swap, right? Wife Swap, yeah. And they, they left the dog out for about an hour outside. No! No! <laughs> Katie and Orlando are expecting their little girl to arrive in just a few weeks. No! <laughs> what I really want to know about that clip, because we've been playing that for years. For years, yeah. Is you hear the guy goes, you don't know... And then I don't know what the rest of what it, whatever it was he said. Yeah. Play it all the way yeah. through if you would, please. No! No! You don't... No. You don't... <laughs> you're going to, like, pop a blood vessel in your brain or something. You got to calm down, bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, Katie and Orlando are expecting their little girl to arrive in just a few weeks. They are preparing for the delivery. Katie recently shared with Cosmopolitan how she and Orlando are handling quarantine life. She said he's being very sensitive. Oh, that's great! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knowing that we're... I, I, now, now I, I'm I'm sad. I discontinued my subscription to Cosmopolitan. Knowing that we're not only in quarantine, but we're doing it while pregnant. She said he's also doing a lot of pro style cycling for a couple of hours a Ooh. day. Is he naked when he does so that? that? Gives me my space. I have no, no idea pro style. You definitely out. You wear shorts. Okay, because he loves to do stuff naked. Yeah, he out. does. Like he, he likes to kayak naked with a full erection. With a full I, erection. I don't know if he had a boner or not. It, it looked that way. I mean, it was. It, he said it was providing a uh, wind resistance. It definitely hung weird. It did. It, like it didn't hang as much as it poked out. Yeah. If maybe I recall. you're right. Maybe I'm overstating the case. Okay. I really didn't give it that much attention. 
So it was up here in the studio. I don't nah. know. I don't see many. Uh, I keep a journal about it. Yeah. I, have I, I, I have a blog about it. <laughs> <laughs> I blog. It's called Orlando's Boner. Okay. All right, we're ready for uh, clips now. <laughs> All right, we, we win. Uh, in the action fantasy, the old guard. Covert immortal mercenaries fight to keep their names secret after being exposed. In this clip, star Sherlock's, uh, <laughs> Sherlock, Charlize Theron discusses the toughest part of her training for this film. Here it is. Being skilled in just one form of martial arts takes a lifetime of dedication, and I never really practiced martial arts. When you look at your time frame and you have four months and you have to perfect all of them, it's somewhat overwhelming. And so we were very, very specific in picking things that we knew that were some of my strengths, and we really honed in on them so that the technique was really perfect. <laughs> uh, the Old Guard is available to watch on Netflix now. Did any of you guys uh, I see did. it? I How watched, was it? I enjoyed it. Um, I they So it came out on Friday, and Friday was a rainy day, so yes. I ended up watching a couple of different things. I, I love her, man. and She's she, good at the action and stuff. And she really is. There's a lot of like uh, decent fight scenes and stuff like that. Um, I... I I think this movie kind of warrants a um, sequel. A sequel. I'm, I'm hoping because I enjoyed it that much. All right, here's the next clip. Aspiring magicians try to stump Penn and Teller on how their tricks are performed in Fool Us. And in this clip, Teller explains why he stays silent when performing on stage. So we actually get to hear Teller speak. Hmm. Nothing fools you better than the lie you tell yourself. So if I'm not, if I say, uh, here's a perfectly ordinary pack of cards, you're going to mistrust me. If I say, if I hand you the cards and go like this and you shuffle them, then you'll believe that that's a real pack of cards, even if it's fake. So it, it was partly the idea of not doing redundant patter, and it was partly the idea of making magic more convincing. What the f***? That's the most I've ever heard that guy say. I have heard him speak before, but that's pretty wild. There was a, a documentary about Houdini that they produced, and he uh, he speaks a lot in that, but I don't remember him actually, actually sounding that way. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us, a great show, airs uh, tonight at 9, and that is on the CW, and that is all that I have for you today. What a journey. We return. I think there was a bit of what a What an entanglement. We had some up and down <laughs> all the way through there. <laughs> All right, uh, so with that, we're going to take a break. Come back in a second. It is indeed a Monday morning, and we'll do our best to get you where you need to be with as little pain as possible. So make sure you stay right here. We'll be back in a moment. You wake up with Preston and Steve. Spend your work day with Pierre and Jackson. Your evenings with Jackie and Brent. And weekends annoying the neighbors by cranking us up to 11. But... Why stop there? Anybody know what she's talking about? Get your hands on some awesome merch at MMR's Rock Shop now. Clothes, hats, mugs, clocks, puzzles, baby and kid stuff, even a Pierre bobblehead, and more. They make great gifts, too. So get shopping at WMMR.com now. All the merch that rocks. With the, you know, me bringing up the weather forecast and the, the heat and humidity and everything, I thought I would like to share this story uh, real quickly with you. Um, so during our time off last week, uh, after much discussion, uh, we decided to take a, a a quick road trip. By quick, I mean it was only a couple of days and, and we didn't stick around too long. We went to visit my dad in Kentucky. Which you were supposed to visit your family 
prior to all of this and finally got around to doing it. Yeah, and once we realized it, uh, you know, uh, medically, we're all okay. Yeah. We've been very, very careful, specifically over the past couple of weeks in anticipation of, of taking a road trip. Just get the kids out of the house for a little bit and go somewhere else and, and we'll change the scenery. So we're very, very safe about it. Uh, so me and my three kids left. My wife stayed at home. She watched the dogs. First time ever, by the way, since we've had kids. It usually worked the other way. I yeah. would stay home. She would go because I'd be working. So it was the first time we ever did something like that. So we're looking forward to a road trip. Yeah. 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 And um, <laughs> a, a few weeks ago, uh, our van, which we don't use as much as we do anymore, but we, we do. We, we're driving around, and I'm like, I think the AC conked out on us. So we went and got it, looked at, and sure enough, yes, we needed a whole new system. So we got a whole brand new, very expensive, uh, the system put in because it was, uh, you know, we're after the warranty now. We've had this thing for several years. Yeah. Car a- or van AC systems, any system like that in a vehicle, expensive. Yeah. So we got that replaced. Uh, we get on the road. We're driving. And you're driving along. <laughs> no, you're driving. Driving. <laughs> Uh, so we're driving, and it's a nine-hour drive, and about an hour into the drive, the air conditioning got out. On no, us. yes, dude, the air conditioning. So you don't, you haven't heard this. The air no. conditioning stopped working. It was, and by the way, super hot, and you were heading into the south. Yeah, so super hot. I have to make down south. I have to make a decision. So we've we've decided to make this trip. It's been in the books for a while. Uh, there was we, some preparation. We, we was... were very careful yeah. about our interaction with other people because we're going to be, meet my elderly father and his wife. You have to take the precautions. You got to take the precautions. <laughs> so the plans have all been made, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going. Oh my god, the air conditioning just stopped working on the car. I, we just got this fixed. How can this be happening? And then I have to decide, as we are now on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, right? do we keep going or do we turn around? It's only eight more hours. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And H- how far from about your an door? Hour. Okay. About, not that far into it. But I'm weighing, are we ever going to be able to make this trip again? Yes. By the time we get this back and get this, it's not like we're going to be a turnaround. Hey, we'll delay it by a day. Yeah. Because we wanted to take the van. There's there's four of us. We're all adult size. We yeah, don't want to yeah. cram into a car. Did you put it to a vote? <laughs> um, you yeah. don't need to. You're the dad. I yeah, am the dad. You override yeah. everything. <laughs> this is that is I just a, voted. that is a complete plutocracy at that case. So we decided to go ahead and go oh, and drive the How whole way. It? Kathy, it was 95 degrees. Oh, 95 degrees that it got up to. No air conditioning. <sighs> So, Steve, it was uh, it was a uh, it was a trip of nostalgia. <laughs> remember the nineteen seventies? Oh, I remember. I remember. Of course, honestly, I remember. All my original cars had no AC. That was a laughable concept. Yeah, and when you yeah. did get AC, it was spotty at best. And so you had to get up to a certain velocity mm-hmm. to have that warm <laughs> fart air blow on you. <laughs> so it was. Uh, so we rolled all the windows down, right, in the van, super the loud on the highway. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing eighty miles an hour because that's how fast everybody goes on the highway. Yeah, it is insanely loud. Oh, with let- all the windows yeah. down. Yeah. Yes. So what we had planned on of. Listening to music and oh watching God. some Spending movies. Time. I bought some books on together. Some audible books and some some, oh. some Wait. time to really talk to my kids. No. So we're yelling at each other oh anytime we had to God. communicate in the van. Oh There's a boy I really like. 
Tell me about him. Oh, my God. So you did have a little video of you singing in the car. I sent you guys a video. That was before the AC Yeah, blow. it had yeah, to be. We were singing yes. Frozen. Oh, this is great. We're going to have the best. It's so cold in it here. It's so fun. So glad we got this AC fix. We're freezing. Hey, kids, let's sing Frozen. It started yes. off so well. Oh, we love each other. Road trip. Yeah. Oh, oh bonding. God. We're going to bond. Oh, we hated each other the whole way. Oh, my. It is. It's so loud. Why when didn't... You have to put the windows down. And when you, at that heat, uh-huh. like at that temperature, when the windows are down, it's not like, it's not helpful, really. So we're driving through West Virginia, which is uh, mountainous mm. and windy and hot. hot. <laughs> it's beautiful and it hell be- on earth yeah. at the same time. Mm. Oh, my God. And, and, and Preston, I remember having the AC. I had, I had a, what was it? A, a, a Montego? Was that a, was that a brand of car? A Ford Montego? Is that right? Anyway, I was, I was stuck in the Holland Tunnel. No, the Lincoln Tunnel. During a heat wave trying to get out of oh. the, the city for about four hours, there was a, a, a breakdown. I was in the tunnel with the cars running and the heat and the exhaust, and I prayed. I said, God, please kill me. <laughs> I don't have the now. courage to do it now, but kill me. You know what? I, and I know we've talked about this before because I had um, <clears throat> my friend Jim, who, who I was in a band with, and we were practice at his house. His parents refused to use their air conditioning. No. Unit. Refused to use uh. it unless it was... <laughs> Well into the 90s, and that's just the way they lived. They were open-window people. That was it. Do people do that with their cars? Are there some people that are under... The, con- the 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 uh, believe the notion that, that they're saving on gas money yes. yeah. by not using the air conditioning. I've been still to this day, really. I've been with, and you have to honor the drivers, <laughs> the drivers, uh, oh, conce- uh, the, the, the perception <laughs> that they're saving. Whatever the deal is, I believe, and we've talked this back and forth. And there's different schools of thought, and I don't know what I, I believe or don't believe. All I know is I don't want to sweat my balls off, yeah. so I put the AC on. But there's a notion also that if you have the windows open, you're causing drag on the car, which is. <laughs> But enough of that nonsense. Yeah. Put it the hell on. I'm curious if there are people that still do that and, and if they've seen a, a difference in that. Um, so did you get it fixed while you were there to have so it on the ride home? So we called our dealership where they had put this new unit in, said we weren't, you know. Hey, we're sorry about that. Yeah, that we're not happy about this and that I was committed to this trip. We weren't going to, we weren't going to, uh, you know, change our plans. And they said, maybe there is a, my wife asked, is there a dealership in Lexington that maybe you can get in touch with? They're going to be there for a couple days. We could take it in. They could fix it and have it. And they just said no. They just said no. That's customer service. Yeah, we didn't get much of an apology. We didn't get much of a uh, of sorry for the inconvenience. I think think a refund is due. No, no. No. In fact, wait. How long ago did you get it fixed? Uh, less than a month. No, you no. Give me their phone number. And they yeah, said right. that so we so we got it went we went and got it fixed and there was uh there was a, a another issue that had caused the problem with this one. It wasn't oh, the unit, okay. it was something else that fried it out. Oh. So it cost us another two hundred dollars no, to it get didn't. that fixed. Oh dude. Wait, did you I'm sorry, did you get it fixed down there, did you say? Or did you No, I here? didn't. No, we so drove, you drove, drove home with no AC too? Yes. You yes. didn't even go to have like a diagnostic check at like, you know, <laughs> Dude, we were just so tired. Uh, well, okay. Honestly, I, at that point, what do you want? You want to you want to become a, a a half-assed mechanic on your own? You, you just you no, just but to... I would. I mean, honestly, if I were in in Kentucky and I had a nine-hour trip ahead of me, I would have. I'm sorry, I would have taken it to a garage. Two things I would have done differently. I would have turned the hell uh, around, got a car with air conditioning, and 
if I didn't, you know, if I got outvoted for that one, I would have at some point in, in Kentucky gone. I understand the mindset, though, yeah, of being that yeah. far into the trip. And it's also you've gone to this this extent to make sure you're safely visiting your yeah. father and your family. Yeah. And, and you're like, if if we turn around now, we might never leave again. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, what if you get there and they say this car, this vehicle, you better to not know it's going to explode into flames four hours into the trip and just try to go for it. Yeah. So no, I, I I didn't have time today. I mean, we yeah. was we were there to spend some time with him. My dad wanted me to show me where uh, where my ancestors are buried. So that was a yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> we had to drive around the uh, the ass crack of the world to go and find that. Uh, by the way, but anyhow, that's another story. This is where I killed your grandmother. <laughs> this is where I beat your grandfather to death. Jeez. Uh, but it was just, it was miserable. Oh, was, I mean, we had a good time, you know, because once we got there and we got indoors, we were like, oh, thank God. Well, at least you could air conditioning. Sp- you could split the driving between three of you. That was nice. Yes. Three hour Even shifts. Even the Caroline driving. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Three hour shifts. It was nice. I did a drive from uh, <laughs> Lewisburg, PA to Key West one year for spring break, and uh, we drove in my friend Brian's uh, piece of crap uh, Ford Taurus, and uh, we get to, I don't know, south of like, um, uh, South Carolina or whatever, and we're like, "Hey, Brian, can we uh, can we turn on the AC?" He's like, "Sure." He pulls up, pulls up a fan, <laughs> no. sticks it on the dashboard, yes. and turns it on. He's like, "Enjoy, boys!" Wow. Yeah. Hang but, on, I want I want to go to uh, Brian real quick here. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And to you, sir. What's up, Brian? Listen, Matt Damon. <laughs> I caught a uh, episode of MythBusters that did a test, like a controlled test. And they were talking about whether or not AC lowers your fuel consumption. And they did find out that it does not matter, not one bit. So the guy who's driving the car is not turning on the AC because he thinks he's saving a couple bucks is an a-hole. Okay. We need to get that word out there. Right. You're mm-hmm. not doing anything to uh, economize if you put your AC on. And, in fact, if it keeps you from passing out due to heat stroke, I consider that a win. That's right. Right. What a jerk. Nice. All right. <laughs> what a jerk. Now, again, I saw a couple textures of people who refuse to use their um, use their air conditioning oh, in, the, in the vehicle. It's there. Use no effing it. way. Getting yep. a car with uh, working air conditioning and getting a house with central air was like very similar for me. Like when I moved into my house and it had central air and it didn't have the wall units, it was like the best thing ever. And it was the same thing with the car. Remember when I got a car, my first car where the air conditioning actually worked, it was like you can't such a you relief. Can't, you feel like you're driving a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Like it's, oh my God, this is amazing. What well, was air conditioning and it was the heat too. Like my yeah. car that I had, you know, prior to like my first new car it w- it would take like by the time i got to where i was going it's like the car was just warming up or the cool or cooling right, yeah. down you know Here, here's a here's an interesting text it says you guys are pussies <laughs> okay. i invite you anytime to come drive around in my black lifted truck with black leather seats with no ac on and screaming mud tire tire tires with the windows down no thank you so here's the difference <laughs> If you have to drive that, yeah. that's one thing. But if you are driving that way on person, Texter, you're a moron. <laughs> okay? So there you go. If you have to, yes, I got it. That's your situation. You yeah. don't need to call anybody a pussy because that's what you have to do. Well, so my my dad was a truck driver, uh, and for the longest time he had a, a Mercedes truck. And before you think, oh, you're a Mercedes. No, that thing, it was just, it, it just you know, had the emblem on it, and that yeah. was basically it. They get like so, half a million miles on them, too, 
Like they're exactly. really durable. Yeah. And it had no air conditioning ever. And I'm and you talk about like um like UPS drivers or yeah. those guys they don't have air in... I don't think so. Okay. I think that's part of the reason why they have to well, not have to but often drive with the doors open. Right. Uh, it also it saves some time getting in and out but it, it it creates Steve like the fart breeze that you were talking about. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And to do that for that I remember I told you guys the time my friend Dwayne from Vertex Fitness you had to move oh. off. This was during a heat right. wave in July. We oh had a Penske God. truck that he had rented. The, no AC. You, the windows didn't even o- open all the way. You're a good friend, man. And, oh my God! It was I, literally. I. It was the hottest I've ever been in my life. I think of situations like that, and I go, "No, I'm a, I'm a terrible friend. Like I, I would never. <laughs> I'm out of town. I, I, I we were moving. Like, <laughs> we were moving gym equipment. Yeah. Him, yeah. myself. So not just the weights, the, the the machines and the weights on them. Steve, is that stuff heavy? <laughs> Preston, oddly enough, it's goddamn heavy. We, both of us nearly died like nine times during that whole effort. Here's a text that says, my friend refuses to use the air because he doesn't like the artificialness of oh, it. Get used to it. I wanted to shove him out of the car on the turnpike. <laughs> I, I sort of understand that argument a little bit. And here's what I'll say about it. I get tired of going from AC at home to AC in the car to AC at work. It, it, it just it wears on me after a while. However, I will take that over the discomfort Not of being in the heat all the time. Hey, and also, who's forced to work without AC? Here's one that says, how do you think mailmen feel? feel That's uh, true. We have no AC. They just don't. a fan that blows out air. Why would they not have air conditioning in those vehicles? It's because more expensive, and the doors are are. I, well, and they're walking most of the time. Like they're yeah, well, but some of the them they have so mailboxes and yeah. and those vehicles are those vehicles naturally are, are they do they have AC in them? Well, you, you would figure that you know now with the, you know the space age technology that we have, <laughs> space right? age polymers. Yeah, available? I mean back in the day it was like those jeeps, right? Yeah. Now they have those really nice trucks. What about like UPS drivers? They don't. I mean, is, would an AC be worth a damn when you were getting I out of the vehicle? So. Out and of there? Their doors open. I was talking to a construction worker, a guy who was in the union, um, and he said that they're doing work uh, in a school and they can't turn the air conditioning on in the school while they work. So they're inside with no AC because because of the work that they're doing. It'll get into the ventilation system and all of that. (laughs) So it has to be turned off. So so a little asbestos blows around. (laughs) In grade school, um, we didn't have air conditioning. And so when you get those hot May days and June days, they would take a fan. And they would oh, stick yeah. it in the doorway and blow the air into the hallway. Yeah, I don't. We had. I don't it, it, was, it was exhausting. The it was taking, it was the, hot taking out. the hot air. Out. We we basically it looked like a Boeing test facility. Yeah. in our elementary school, Grace Hill Hubs, I clearly remember it. And we had those huge fans on stands. And the teacher, you talk about having to yell over the sound of of. Mm. You know, yep, it was That's unbelievable. True. Uh, Nick had seen a text from a UPS driver says the back of the truck gets 130 or more. <gasps> Jeez. But I guess that's that's when they're pulling the boxes out. You would think, and, and you talk about even though the windows are down uh, in a uh, in a mail truck or whatever, I mean, you still feel the, if the vent's right on you, you're getting some relief from that. I mean, if it's, if it's pointed right at you, even though the windows are down. I know lots of people, me included, sometimes <laughs> who will... Have the AC on and the windows down. You can do that. Yeah. That's actually not a... That's okay. Uh, one of the greatest inventions of all time, having the AC pumped through the seat. A little bit of that. Do you yeah, know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so that's that nice. your ass isn't basically a grilled cheese sandwich every time you get up. <laughs> yeah. I uh, didn't have air conditioning for the longest time so, growing likewise. up. I mean, I just I grew up in a hundred and some year old house 
We didn't even have window units until much, much, much later on in life. I was in college at that point. Um, when my mom lived there after my dad passed away, I would go over there and she would sit there in the steaming kitchen. Oh. And she, you know, the only time she ever used the air conditioner, she had it in her bedroom. I am it. the god of hellfire. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and now. I can't. I can't deal. Kath, you were talking about central air. Like, I don't know how I ever lived without it. Right? I think a lot of people, Preston, and maybe this is the thing, they, they, they think that if they if they turn it on, they'll, they'll get seduced by it and then want to use Agreed. it. Agreed. Like, like, no, 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 I'll, 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 be, I'll make myself weaker. Yeah. I, maybe or, even I had that or, a little or bit. you ought to be able to handle yeah, this. Yeah. Well, that kind of this. bad attitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same people who wear shorts throughout the winter. I, I get that, yeah. but uh, to some extent, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We've evolved. Yeah. We can we can use these these things. They have new medicines and machines to keep you. Use them. There's, I mean, they're sitting there. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to Ambrose. Hi, Ambrose. Good morning. Hey, good morning, bitches. Welcome back. Thanks, oh, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. What's up? So, Preston, you'll appreciate this one. So, the car I had in high school was the ugliest gold Pontiac Bonneville you've ever friggin'. I, I had a Bonneville. I love that car. The car itself, incredible. Air conditioning, not so much. <laughs> so, driving around one day, I go through a drive-thru. I'm sitting at the drive-thru waiting to get food, and I see the thermostat temperature just keeps going up, going up, going up, and the car's clunking, clunking. So I get home and I ask my dad about it. We get the car checked out. Turns out the thermostat's bad, and it's not turning on the fan. To fix it, it's going to be about four or five hundred dollars. I'm a high school kid. My father could care less about my needs at this point. So the guy at the dealership goes, "The best way to fix it is in the summer when it starts to get real hot. You're just going to have to put the heater on and let the heater run for a little bit. <laughs> oh my god! To get the temperature down. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> what a treat this was. Oh, so you did it? You 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 use that technique? I use that POS for three years with the same technique. In summer, ninety five degrees with your heater running on your legs and on your body, felt fantastic. Uh, yeah, Ambrose, you can. So here's a story about the Bonneville, and I've relayed this on the air before. I was at an intersection one time. That's how big these cars were. I was rear-ended by a Mack truck. <laughs> pancaked the trunk of the car. The signals worked, and the car was completely drivable. I drove it home. It was unbelievable. Oh, they were metal tanks. Yeah, but the, tanks. but that AC in that thing didn't even it didn't even come close to cooling down the inside of that car. It was a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. have a great morning, guys. Thanks, Thanks Ambrose. Take it Appreciate easy. it. I had a uh, I had a Mustang. Uh, it was a '72 Mustang. It was kind of there. It was almost like a Mach one, like a longer. Yeah version of the Mustang, and uh, I, I had trouble with the AC, and then sometimes it was really weird because I would look in my rearview mirror, <laughs> and the speakers, Steve, were in the back, yeah. near the back window, and every now and then, I would see smoke coming out of the speakers. <laughs> what was causing I that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you were, ro- you were rocking. <laughs> you were rocking, man. Smoke would come out of the oh, speakers. And I just remember being in the sweltering heat of the summer, having, you know, just rolling the windows oh, down. My God. And just. I remember, oh, Preston, in the back of, you remember Hot Rod Magazine? Sure. All right, so I got Hot Rod Magazine, and there was a thing I, I was, again, in one of my qu- long list of crappy cars. And there was a thing that promised this will keep. This is AC, AC without having AC. Oh, I gotta go, and then I gotta get that. I, I it's about the size of a large harmonica uh-huh. with the fan that spun in it, like your friend. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. And that's all it was. <laughs> I'm like, 
what? And I, and I bought it, you know, sight unseen, you know, just a little ad in the thing. I mean, it was the size of a harmonica. I'm going to go to Matt. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's up, buddy? Nothing. I'm that guy that wears shorts year-round, and I work outside doing uh, underground sprinklers, and I don't use my air. I just don't need it. I don't, you know... Uh, my body acclimates to the temperature so quick and being outside all the time that I go into these cold places and I'm freezing. Mm. So, Matt, Matt I, I like I hear that. And I think a number of people will think that as well. And, and, and I, I uh, like when I'm outside and I'm working in, in, a, in a very hot condition and your body acclimates, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if I'm inside or I'm in the car, I, I, I just, now I have to have it. My, my dad lives in, in Dallas. If you don't have AC running all the time in your cars or inside your house, you're going to die quickly. <laughs> it's just yeah. oppressive. I'm that guy that my wife likes a freezing cold, and I come in, and she's under a blanket with penguins sitting next to her. And I can't stand coming into a house that cold. I need it like 78 degrees. Just to keep well, I would have no trouble sleeping with your wife. Hey, you know <laughs> Matt, by the way, it says here you also don't use your heat in the winter. No, I'm not a heat person either. Like, I, my windows are always open in my car in the wintertime and stuff like that. It's like my dad. Um, Do you live on a diet of brains? Because <laughs> you might be dead. It's quite possible. Wow. That, that's inc- that's incredible. I wear shirts you wear, and I wear, like, a hoodie, and that's it. All right, man. All right. I don't get it. Thanks, man. Kathy, your dad's that way? Oh, my God. Yeah. With the heat or oh, air conditioning? Both. Really? Both forever. Yeah. I mean, I think it was probably stemmed from, like, your bill, like, what the what the bill would be. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we grew up in a house with wall units, and in the middle of the night, he would go into everyone's oh. room and turn their wall units oh, off. I, I, I would have so, stabbed it was so cold. him. It was so cold in there. I'm like, you weren't in there. <laughs> right. You had to matter. walk into the room to go, oh, it's chilly in here, yeah. and turn it off. So every Everyone would wake up sweating, and then, I mean, in our entire family, our extended family, everyone knows. Like, if you're coming over in the winter, make sure you bring a sweatshirt, because it's going to be cold. You're not even going to tell me that he banged Janice Joplin (laughs) with the AC off. (laughs) But that body odor? Oof. (laughs) Just made it worse. Uh, This text says, UPS trucks have no AC because they stop so much, the condenser can't cool the system. Meaning they turn it off every time, I guess, they stop? Well, you have to double flange the protractor. Oh. oh. <laughs> Demarket. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me go to, hang on, Mike is a, uh, well, I'm not sure if he's a UPS driver or not. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, good morning. Yes. Hey, uh, uh, do you work for UPS, bud? I used to. Okay. Cool. And you wanted to comment on the AC unit? <laughs> he was just bragging. Oh, oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I used to work for them. Uh, I just wanted to say that they don't put them in there because it's inefficient. It's a waste of money. And, Mike, isn't it the case? So in the back of the UPS truck, the the, the um, ceiling of the truck is kept purposefully. Um, it's white. White so that, uh, well, but also do, it, it keeps the, the back lit up, right? So that it, it tends to get really hot back there. Oh, it gets it gets intense, man. It's like a sauna back there. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like 110 plus. All right. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate know. it. All right, uh, I'm going to go to Aaron. Hi, Aaron, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. What's up, bitch? <laughs> Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, so my husband is from Spain, and the vast majority of apartments in Spain do not have air conditioning, so he didn't grow up with it. He's not used to it. Um, so, you know, when we moved here, he Every time I would turn the air conditioning down to like 75, he's like, do you think we are the effing Rockefellers? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? Why do you think we made a money? 
Um, uh, has he come around at all? He, he, I'm mean, here and there. He, I mean, I, right now it's like 72 and he walks around like Nanook of the North. Like he's got, he's like got a sweatshirt on, <laughs> sweatpants on. But there, you know, when we go to Spain, you know, it's like sweltering. Yeah. Um, in the, in the apartment where we stay, there was one time where there was like a five day heat wave. It was like 100 degrees, not a breeze. We like are sitting in the apartment. You can't go outside. We have the sheets pulled down. It's dark in there. Like we're taking cold showers and just like sitting still. Like it's, it's no way to live. It's it's no way it's to live. Horrible. That's it's why horrible. in Europe and Spain and 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 those countries during a heat wave you'll have thousands oh. and die. thousands and thousands of people die. Right. We were in uh, my sister and I went to Venice. We, we went yeah. to, toured Europe a little bit and went went. Uh, we stayed in Venice and we were there in the heat of the summer. <sighs> it was miserable. We were trying to cut costs as much as possible. So, number one, it's hard to find hotels that actually have air conditioning, or there were at the time. This was, you know, like 20-some-odd years ago, 25 years ago. And uh, and so we, we stayed at hotels that didn't have AC because they were cheaper. Miserable. Miserable. I mean, no. miserable? Miser- <laughs> that's how bad it that's was. An that's Italian, that's Italian for miserable. I, I have multiple sclerosis. Can you see? I got a multiple sclerosis. I have a condition. Uh, it's a miserable. Listen, it's it, it, it's. it's I tell you, I stayed in a hotel. The conditions were so miserable. <laughs> and me with my multiple scabos. Uh, I know it's for whatever. Uh, however, you want to uh, you know package this. It's what we've become used to. Yeah. And how often do you find yourself in a scenario where you're without it? Like, and this is the once age, in a great while. It's the age old argument. Is Aaron talking about her husband? I keep I keep the AC in my room at night at seventy two. Would you consider that frosty? No, no, I, that's I, way I, too hot. I, I mean, come on, and with the with the fan blowing, and she comes in like, oh my god, this is a this is a this is a, a crypt. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it was uh, we we got started on this conversation. If you're just joining us, I took a uh, a nine hour road trip. An hour into it, our air conditioning unit stopped working. It was ninety five degrees. Uh, and we had to come, we had to drive back nine hours as well, uh, with that, uh, condition too. But it was, I felt so bad for my daughter. She had a headache and she was just, yeah, yeah. she didn't feel well, slept the whole way back. Oh man. And like I said, you know, all the windows down, noisy as hell. Yeah. Unless she has something to tell a therapist. (laughs) I was really looking forward to, you know, us talking and, you know, bonding even a little bit more. And it was... (laughs) Can you give me a soda? What? <laughs> I said give me a God, okay, I'll get it for you. This is just yelling at each other. Yeah. We couldn't hear each other. <laughs> Have it, podcast! Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, anyhow. Holiday road. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful vacation. Um, we need to take a break because one thing did happen over the past few days. I was able to collect some really interesting, bizarre file stories for you. So we'll get to those in a little while. We're also going to have guest Greg Warren joining us. He's got a new comedy special and more. We'll be right back. Stay put. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. All right. Let's get right into some bizarre file stories. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Hi, brought to you by Horizon. Tune up your AC. Yeah. For just $59 with free refrigerant. Horizonservices.com. Too bad they don't work on cars. I know, yeah. I already used to call them immediately. 
All right. Uh, a Newark woman went home for a, or I'm sorry, not went home, but she went for a mile-long ride under the city of Passaic during Monday's flash flood. She I survived. Try that. She survived the ordeal after being <laughs> shot out into the uh, Passaic River. It's wow. amazing. A result amazing. authorities referred to as a uh, miraculous event. Uh, Nathalia Bruno is her name. She was in uh, Passaic on Monday afternoon when she attempted to drive through deep water. A powerful storm had ripped through New Jersey on Monday afternoon. <clears throat> Bruno's car began to fill up with water and float as the tide moved it toward a large viaduct opening. And fearing the inevitable, Bruno escaped the car, but the current pulled her with the vehicle into the brook that runs below the city. Uh, Bruno continued on in the rushing water until it reached its outlet above the Passaic River near Brook Avenue. When the fire department arrived, this was already over. That's how fast it went. So walk a mile. And realized this woman was traveling through a raging flood. Yeah. Uh, the woman was shot out, swam to the other side of the river, and climbed out on the banks into a backyard. A homeowner called the hop, uh, the ambulance. I want to do it again. Which uh, took Brooke to the hospital. She was stunned. She was out of it in shock. She really didn't know what happened to her. And apparently she was okay after that. Which is amazing. <clears throat> Miraculous she survived. All right. I got this uh, story from uh, Marissa. This is great. It's from uh, Lebtown.com in Lebanon County. Uh, Palmyra, New Jersey, apparently for the last two years, are trying to figure out who's been leaving golf balls on the streets, lots, and lawns of the town. Scott Ryan, manager at Click Lewis, which is a new and used car dealership, said that golf balls started appearing on the car lot and surrounding streets about 18 to 24 months ago, and Hmm. it hasn't stopped. Said there's been no damage. It's not a problem with vandalism. They just randomly appear. The balls appear overnight. And are there when employees arrive in the morning. And he said that um, on Wednesday morning, there were 31 balls scattered around the dealership. The day before, there were 59. So no security cam footage of anything or no. nothing? Some mornings, there are only three or four balls to be found. <laughs> the most he's found in one day was 65. He said it's become a joke. Every morning, we go for a walk and we look for him. So far, nothing's been caught on the dealership surveillance cameras. That shows who's putting them there. It's the golf uh, ball fairy. <laughs> he noted that there aren't any golf courses or driving ranges close by. <laughs> it's been going on long enough that Ryan posted a message about it in the Palmyra Facebook group about a month ago. He said, we got a lot of responses. It's just all over Palmyra. It's a phenomenon. Balls have also turned up in surrounding areas, including Cherry, Maple, Forge, and Prince Streets, Ridge Road, West Main Street, and Horseshoe Pike. Residents of the area were quick to chime in. Either with questions about the issue, theories about the ball's origins, or stories of their own golf ball encounters. Police are aware of it, but there aren't any reports of damage, so they're not really going after anybody. So there's a, a tremendous volume of balls that are... Uh, I, it, I'm amazed no one has seen the placing of these mm-hmm. balls anywhere around these towns. Uh, Ryan said he's never reported the matter to the police because no crime has been committed. In fact, he said the phenomenon stopped. He said, if the phenomenon stopped, I'd be upset. I'm getting free <laughs> golf balls. Thousands, in fact. Ryan said employees at the dealership collect them in a large box and they put them to use, mostly for practice because they're not always in the greatest shape. Uh, sometimes he noted they do end up on the links. So they're trying to figure out the wow. mystery huh. of the golf balls. Amazing. Yeah. Here's another story. All of these are in our general area so far. A person was assaulted with sheets. Boom Boom Sauce, early Thursday morning in Shippensburg. I'm not familiar with Sheets Boom Boom Sauce. Apparently, it's a hot sauce that right. Sheets have, so it's their Boom Boom Sauce. <laughs> 
Police said the suspects who they are working to identify <laughs> threw the sauce and hit the victim in the eyes, causing oh, temporary blindness and eye sucks. irritation. Uh, hot sauce in the eyes? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Boom, 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 boom sauce. <laughs> uh, Out pol- go the lights. Police said that the car uh, that the sauce was thrown from was a white Nissan four-door car with a West Virginia license plate and a missing hubcap on the front right wheel. Anyone with information is asked to call the Shippensburg Police. God damn, those drive-by saucings. I'm telling you. An iguana crossing the road caused a car crash Tuesday that left a firefighter and his daughter in critical condition, investigators said. Uh, the Florida Highway Patrol said that Captain Jeff Power and his daughter were driving along US-1 when a car in the southbound lanes stopped because of a crossing iguana. Officials said a box truck hit the back of the car, then careened into oncoming traffic where it hit a pickup truck head-on. Uh, Power and his daughter were taken by a uh, medical ha- uh, helicopter to a hospital. They were in critical condition. So wow. uh, somebody slammed on their brakes because of the, ingu- the iguana and caused a chain reaction? Yeah, yeah, they, were gonna, uh, they thought they were going to hit the iguana. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to hit the iguana. Yeah. That's like spanking the salami. Or exactly. Whatever, right? yeah. Popping the baloney. Hit, hitting the, yeah. uh, hitting the, just hitting the iguana. A man slapping the manatee. Learning how to drive in the Penn Hill Shopping Center parking lot, <laughs> struck another vehicle and then plowed into the Penn Dot Driver's License Center on Thursday evening. <laughs> so he was learning Oops. to drive. Yep. Ah! Allegheny County dispatcher said that the call for the crash came in around 8:20 p.m. I'm not very good yet. Uh, the driver broadsided a vehicle in the parking lot as it was passing the center. The driver continued straight until his car was about a quarter of the way through the building. No injuries were reported. <laughs> the crash remains under investigation. A quarter of a way through the building. Yes, it was moving. It was hauling ass. <laughs> and that is what I have for you in our Bizarre File for now. Uh, real quick, I'd like to mention this. Metallica fans. Uh, Jackie Bam Bam uh, has Metallica Mondays, ah. and it's expanding a little bit. Ooh. So Monday nights at 9, instead of just a Metallica song, Jackie's going to be playing blocks of Metallica. Wow. So if you're a fan tonight, you want to tune in at 9, and they're going to play. he's going to play everything from the monster hits to deeper album cuts. I'll be weaving a musical tapestry. Uh, spanning their uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame career. Yeah. So Metallica Monday, the block edition, starts tonight at 9 o'clock. Just a programming note. We're going to take a break. Come back in a moment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Steven Singer Jewelers Showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to book your appointment today. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. It was a historic day 35 years ago today when Live Aid took place. Yeah. In our very own city. Right Amazing. Here. And, of course, in uh, in England as well in, uh, at London's uh, Wembley Stadium. Um, so historic, uh, obviously, still lives on resurgence in the... Uh, the interest with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of a, uh, for a lot of people, that's uh, an entree who are unaware of it. Like my kids. Yeah. And, and I had to kind of explain to them, you have to understand yeah. what a big deal this was at the time. It was huge. It was massive. You know what's interesting, really interesting about it, though, is the fundraising side of it is just meager compared to 
the kind of fundraising that gets done today, the kind of yeah. money that's raised for causes. But at the time, it was it was huge. Well, you right? know what? You could you could take that same event and execute it today. I mean, I'm I'm saying just in the in the in the way it was done, and it would still be impressive mm-hmm. in its scope. So it, time has yeah. not made its impact any less. Yeah, and and watching you know Bohemian Rhapsody. And the the view of uh, of Wembley Stadium, yeah, and the yeah. massive crowd that it was, is just impressive as hell. I, I have such clear memories of that day. The excitement leading up to it. Now I was up on Long Island, um, and I remember um, watching it all and listening to it through the the whole deal and being amazed. And there were there were little dynamics that they set up throughout the day, like the Phil Collins performing in both locations right. and all of that stuff. So is he going to be able to do it? It was a smart move to make those little sub-stories going on. Uh, was just, you know, impre- massively impressive. What channel did we watch that on here, Nick? Do you recall? That's a good question, Case. I don't remember. Was it on like, MTV? I, uh, I know aired a lot of it because okay. MTV features some of the things you were talking about, Steve, uh, with the back and forth. And uh, uh-huh. Pierre will talk about this, I'm sure, later today. But YSB had the official coverage in Philly. Um, but Pierre scooped them all the time. And he, he was like a like a like a Navy yeah. SEAL getting back there. And they got mm-hmm. pissed, man. Like he, he was, they? Oh my god! Yeah, they were furious. Right? Yeah, he had this all access pass, and so he would worm his way backstage <laughs> and then backstage to the backstage, and then and why? And so he kept filing these reports that MMR was broadcasting, and YSP got more and more angry at Pierre's broadcast. Victor Fiorello uh, has released a piece. He sent it over to us uh, from Philly Mag, and uh, Pierre is is quoted. In and I only read just an excerpt of it because it's very, very lengthy of people, local people that were integral, and and also a lot of the artists that were involved. And uh, Pierre had talked about <clears throat> how he got the All Access Pass was uh, apparently, um, <laughs> oh damn it, the promoter Steve um, um, Bill Graham. Bill Graham, Bill, yeah, Graham yeah. had uh, was running it, and uh, he came in and he saw JFK Stadium and saw that it was kind of a, a piece of junk. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was needed a dump. Be, It needed to be. <laughs> cleaned up and, and uh, you know, brought up to specs. So he started uh, hiring out people that were coming to do it. So Pierre volunteered to do that, and that's how he ended up with a pass. Oh, wow. And so he spent Smart. a couple of days working on the stadium with everybody. So that gave him access. And then he said, you know, MMR didn't have the broadcast rights, so they had, had Winnebago, I guess, out in the parking yeah. lot <laughs> as their broadcast area. And since it's radio, you can kind of theatrically make things appear yeah. via, you know, the uh, the theater of the mind uh, to be a little bit different than they actually are, and that's what they did. And and I think Pierre, God, he got he got an interview with freaking Jack yeah. Nicholson, didn't he? It was yeah. like a minute it was long. A really quick, <laughs> yeah. hey, yeah. hey, Jack, come over here, which Jack doesn't do interviews, no. man. Uh, it's... Wait, are you Pierre? Yeah. <laughs> Big fan. Uh I was. Uh, I remember watching it on MTV. I was in St. Louis at the time, so this, you know, Philadelphia was a forever away for me. It wasn't even a, a right know, a, a considered thought to be a part of that whole thing. But I remember getting caught up in in just how the scope of it. I mean, I was ten years old at the time, and it didn't like I, I knew that it was there was something big that was happening near my home, and and we watched it on TV. Uh, but you know, you know, here we are. 25 years later or whatever. Uh, I'm sorry, how long? 35, 35 yeah. years later. My mm-hmm. headphones just cut out on me. In the middle of me talking there. Um, <laughs> and now I understand, I think, even more so the scope of, of what was happening. 
at the time. I've never actually in, stepped foot inside that stadium in my entire life. You never said way. really. You didn't, you didn't yeah. miss much. It really it was vast. It was big, so they could cram in a hundred thousand people for the event. Is that why they chose to do it there of all the other places in uh, this country that they could have, or at least on the East Coast that they could have done it? You know what? I, I don't there, know. There were two things from my understanding. It was it was that, and also the the uh, quick accessibility to the airport. Okay. So oh. what, what I remember about JFK, uh, besides the fact that it just it was not very pleasant to be inside, and in case you could be in one of those seats um, anywhere near the top, and you'd be like a mile and a half from the stage, you know, so far away from it. But my dad had season tickets to the Flyers growing up, so we'd be down at the Spectrum a lot, and you would park in the, the lot for JFK. And the length of time that it took to walk, the entire length of JFK to get to the Spectrum was like 15, 20 minutes. It was just, it was a vast building. It's wild. We're looking at a picture here, an overhead shot of JFK Spectrum in the vet, and none of those uh, stadiums are there anymore. You know, JFK is sitting basically, not basically, it's sitting where the Wells Fargo Center is. And, um, you know, to our right of it is where Lincoln Financial Field is. And that looks like it's... The only building... On any of those sites is the Wells Fargo Center on where JFK is now. The Spectrum's a, a parking lot and the Vet is a parking lot. Uh, so to just kind of give you some perspective on it, you know, obviously Bob Gold- Geldof, it was his baby. It was his concept and he he saw it all the way through. Uh, but, uh, you know, he had called in favors to everybody he knew. So and- it started with, with Feed the World, right? They, with that, that, yeah. um, that, Do they know it's Christmas? Do they know it's Christmas? And, uh, and then progressed to this. Yeah, that was uh, Band-Aid. Yeah. And so they decided to turn that into Live Aid. And it was going to, yeah, there was going to be uh, relief for, you know, to fight famine in Africa. Yes, yeah. that, that was the whole thing. Uh, so it was everybody from Paul McCartney, uh, Mick Jagger and Tina Turner, Hall and Oates, Madonna, U2, Judas Priest, Duran Duran, uh, Queen, obviously, Eric Clapton, Sting, Elvis Costello, The Beach Boys, Bob Dylan, Keith Richards and Ron Wood, David Bowie, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Led Zeppelin had a reunion, The Who and Black Sabbath. And you know what? As I was reading through Victor's piece about uh, the the Zeppelin reunion, it, it kept referring to it as, like, the horrible Led Zeppelin reunion of the terrible. I really don't remember much about it other than... I, I was... But but it's apparently it was so bad that Phil Collins had asked that it never, ever be shown again. Wow. The, the music was off, or they just didn't I guess so. Phil Collins would... asked for that? Yeah, yeah. Really? And, and Phil's a huge... He, he really, you know, begged them to be a part of yeah, it because yeah. he was such a huge uh, Zepp fan. Uh, and specifically a John Bonham fan, and uh, I, I went back and watched a little bit of it because there's there was a, you can find it on YouTube, and Victor had included it in the uh, uh, in the article that he sent over, and it it wasn't that great. I remember them doing. Uh, I remember watching live when they were doing uh, Stairway to Heaven, and thought it was pretty cool, but I don't remember much other than that. I don't remember thinking it was. Substandard. I was. I, I thought it was cool, and I think a lot of people were just swept up in the fact that oh, that, look at that. That's cool. They're they're they're, they're they've reunited for this. Right. But I there were there were a number of bands where the mixes were not all they could have been. But I yeah. think a lot of people just overlooked that and got caught up in the zeal. Yep. You know, I'd like to see an over like uh, overall list of all the bands that played. You know, in London and in Philadelphia, because it just to me seems like it was only the best of the best. And you know, you look at some of these um. These festival concerts that happen now, and they've got, you know, three or four stages, but then you have, like, bands that are playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, like Stink Fist, that you've never heard of before. Yeah, no, Stink Fist was at the uh, Live Aid. (laughs) Yeah. But these ones, it just, it doesn't seem like they had any stinkers in the lot at all. All right, so here's the, 
here's the JFK lineup okay. yeah. in Philadelphia if you want that. So, and, and I don't know if this is in the order that they performed in or not. It kind of looks like it might have been. Think, I think it is because the the kid, the first guy listed, um, won like a, a contest or whatever to oh, go out first. Bernard Watson. Yeah. Never heard of him. Uh, Joan Baez, then the Hooters, Four Tops, Billy Ocean, Black Sabbath, Run DMC performed. Billy Ocean into Black Sabbath. Yeah, right? Uh, Rick Springfield, Oreo Speedwagon, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That's pretty awesome. Judas Priest, uh, Brian Adams, The Beach Boys, George Thorogood and The Destroyers, Simple Minds, Pretenders, Santana, Ashford, and Simpson, Madonna, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Kenny Loggins, The Cars, Neil Young, Power Station, yeah, I love that band. Uh, in fact, Tony Thompson was the other drummer uh, from Power Station that played with Led Zeppelin. Yep, yep. I think they had him ready to go in case Phil couldn't make it, but they so they both ended up playing together. Uh, the Thompson Twins, uh, Eric Clapton, Phil Collins, Led Zeppelin, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Duran Duran, Patti LaBelle, Hall & Oates, Mick Jagger with Tina Turner, Bob Dylan, Keith Richards, and Ronnie Wood, and then they did USA for Africa. At the end of the whole thing. Wow, so Neil Young did his own set, CSN did their own set, and then CSNY performed together. Oh, they did? Yeah, so CSNY, oh, or yeah, CSN, yeah, yeah, yeah. CSN was earlier, and then Neil Young after the cars, wow. and then CSNY later on in the in the day. Okay. How much time did they each have? Would they get, like, they, half hour? They, they had an hour each. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, it was, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So yes. if you look at even Bohemian Rhapsody, and, and for the um, their depiction, I believe it's accurate that... Um, Queen actually, uh, when they finally agreed to do it, they they sort of had to wedge them in. It was a last minute uh, maneuvering that got them on the bill. Uh, so that's uh, that's cool. But if you look in, in the time of their performance in the movie, it's what twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, I think that's what everybody got. They got uh, they got twenty minutes here. Hang on, I'm looking at the uh, the London. Uh, see if I can find the the full line. I have the list if you want it. Well, yeah, yeah. It's Adam Ant. Boomtown Rats, David Bowie, Phil Collins, Elvis Costello, Dire Straits, Brian Ferry, Elton John, Howard Jones, Nick Kershaw, Alison Moet, Queen, Sade, Spandau Ballet, Status Quo, Style Council, Sting, U2, Ultravox, Paul Young, Wham, and The Who. Wow. Uh, it looks like Wham. there's... Wham! Wham! Uh, maybe a couple of uh, bands that weren't mentioned earlier. Did you mention Huey Lewis in the news? No. Okay, because... Uh, it looks like they, Chris Christopherson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Who else? Did you say pretenders? the Pretenders? I don't know if I said the Pretenders or not. You did, but uh, Hall & Oates is on there as well. I don't think that got mentioned. No, Here's I did. Fears. Yeah. Paul Simon. Oh, Boy, man. George! Why didn't they call him Girl George? <laughs> was he here? Or, or was he in... Uh... He was here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Waylon Jennings. Well, he is. He's from uh, Kensington. Oh, wow. I did not know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Waylon Jennings. So, uh, well, uh, that's, you know... Of all these fabled concerts, there was that. There was the Us Festival. Uh, what else was Woodstock? There? Yeah, obviously. Woodstock. If you're talking about one of the of, of the festivals, and this is this is this is one for for history. I mean, it, it just I remember being impressed by the continuity of the entertainment value of it. That that I thought even people, it's actually what turned me on to Sade. I was not. Yeah. I just thought, oh wow, that's a pretty awesome performance, and yeah. and you know. <clears throat> Howard Jones and and just and the people you knew were going to be good, obviously the Who and stuff like that. But it was just it was an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, has there ever been a definitive, a la Woodstock, movie put together of Live Aid? Not that I know of. 
Right. I don't know if they they had the you know thought to to film all of it to chronicle it that way something like that they should have they've got to have enough footage to put it together uh let's see the 16 hour live aid marathon was watched by an estimated global audience of 1.5 billion raised more than 140 million dollars so it was definitely big uh some of the stories like uh, bob geldoff said that uh, he said i was frightened that nobody would show up i had no contracts i had a very sore back and my wife used to put towels underneath the sheets in the bed because uh, I used to have cold sweats with fear, and as the very nervous about things about how it would turn out, and I remember one night my wife pooped in the bed. <laughs> and I said, "This has got to be a bad sign." And listen to this, he said. And as the day wore on, my back got more and more painful. And Bowie came over and said, "Lie down." So I lay down, and David Bowie gave me a massage. Wow! He said, "Best massage by a rock star that I ever had." Uh, so there's he, that scene in Bo- again. You have to keep referencing Bohemian Rhapsody because it, you know, it's 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 the most current depiction of the whole thing. But where he's they're worrying at the beginning of uh, Queen's performance, and, and maybe it's apocryphal, but that the uh, the donations started coming in fast and furiously as the set caught fire. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, here's here's the clip of the Jack Nicholson interview yeah. that Pierre snagged. It's 30 seconds long. <laughs> That's all he had, but this is it. Here we go. Uh, we're backstage now with Jack Nicholson. Jack, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling very good today. Very good. What did it feel like to introduce the whole proceedings today? Well, it was a little bit mind-boggling. I sort of lost my place, but uh, I had the good sense to write it down before I went out there, so it went okay. I, I think Philly loved you today. Real proud to do it. Privilege. Um, is it? Uh, are you going to be here for the whole day hanging out? I think so, yeah. It seems like uh, it's a lovely event. Uh, everybody seems to be in great spirits, and I'm just here to add mine to theirs. That's right. awesome. Jack, thanks so much for talking with us at WMMR. My pleasure. Excited to see uh, Rupert Holmes and have him sing that tequila song that I love so much. Come again? I'm a big fan of Rupert Holmes, and I love that pina colada song. Oh. <laughs> See ya. Uh, uh, I'm going to go over here to Chris. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, bud? All right. Pretty good. Uh, so apparently you worked Live Aid? Yeah. I worked uh, the concerts. I uh, went to Hahnemann, uh College, Medical College, and then turned into Hahnemann University. And we actually were volunteers um, for a company that handled that. So we got to see, you know, the uh, concert for free, and you know, that was one of them. That's a good deal. So you 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 were handling a, a, a was there like a triage set up? I mean, with that many people, there were two triages. Uh, one on either side of the stadium, under the stadium, under the seats. Um, there were doctors, there were nurses, and then there were medics like us. You would see them with. Um, their shirts were crosses on the front and back. We were walking to, through the crowd, and our job was to find anybody who was in trouble, like OD victims. So we were taught to walk around. It was kind of funny. We would kick them in the feet. Yeah. We were taught not to stand over them and shake them. And if you heard, oh, okay, he's good, you know, if you got a response. Yeah. And uh, But they had to know. say that one phrase, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a secret phrase. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. So, so you had to find passed out people and kick them in the feet? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was really hot. We just wanted to make sure that everybody made it out of the concert. I, re- yeah. I remember so, them, um, Chris. I remember them spraying uh, the fire. Water, yeah. Uh, yeah, all yeah, over. It was, it, was, it was pretty wild. 
It was it was an, it was a very hot day. It was, and there were eighty five of us plus the medical teams on either side. So when we would find somebody with no response, one of us had a giant red flag, and we would hold it up in the air above the crowd. And there were people across on both sides with binoculars looking for those flags. And wow. once they saw the flag, they would send a stretcher team out. <laughs> how would you How would you negotiate thousands and thousands of people jammed in on top of each other to get those stretchers through? If someone was in a really uh, precarious situation, I mean, times of the essence, you know, it must have been damn near impossible. It, it was. It was tough. But, you know, you, you know that if you don't do anything, you know, something very horrible, something very bad can happen to this person. Yeah. People did, were, were accommodating. They did move out of the way. They would stumble or stagger to the right or left, and they, they would make <laughs> <laughs> Chris, yeah, anybody, yeah, really. anybody die at that event? Not that I know. Thank God there were, uh, we would, you know, the horseshoe in the back of the uh, JFK, we would send people one every five rows uh, down. Every every five rows down would be a medic, and we would walk around the horseshoe. Wow. Okay. Okay. Around the stands to make a sweep. Right. And uh, also on the field. We had one guy, I think he was tripping. He didn't have any clothes on, so we didn't know what to do with him. So we grabbed the blanket, one side on the other, and scooped him up, rolled him, and picked him up and took him off. Wow. My name's Pierre. <laughs> it's it's funny. Uh, wow. Um, interesting, Chris. Do you have any photos from that day? I have some photos. I have. Uh, I still have the shirts with the logo on them. That's cool. You know? That is cool. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, the, the, we worked the other concerts, too. Uh, yeah. uh, the Stones concert, um, that was overnight. So we would have, like, the little go-kart and, uh, on the outside. We would run around the outside to make sure everybody was... You're driving a go-kart! <laughs> oh, yeah, it was crazy. Because they thought, you know, we were like, you know, here comes the man. And we're like, no, we don't care as long as you're okay. You know, right. And they understood that we were just there to hook them. And so Interesting. We're losing a little bit. So. All right. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Um, I kept you know, the card. <laughs> it's interesting because you think back about these these shows that took place, you know, forever ago, 35 years ago. And I don't think about how many hammered people were there. <laughs> That's one of the first things I thought about. No because I, re- I do remember it being a really hot day, a really sunny, hot day. Um, and I, you know, watched it on my TV. I didn't have any air conditioning in my house, but again, I was ten at the time, so uh, you know, wasn't as bad. But um, but again, you know, I was ten, so I didn't I didn't drink, I didn't know about partying, and it wasn't until like a little bit later on, I'm like, oh yeah, th- this is a concert where people just go, yeah, full, you know, yeah, go uh, and yeah, hey, it's an all day event. Let's get hammered before it even starts. <laughs> uh, let me go to Rich. Hi, Rich. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Rich? Uh, not much. How you doing? Doing wonderful. Why'd you call in? Uh, well, I did all the drum sets for uh, Live Aid there. What do you mean you did all the drum sets? I painted all the drum sets. Wow. Me no and a guy. Did they ask you to do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, I worked for Tama Drums, Ibanez Guitars, and uh, Hoshino USA, and Ben Salem. And okay. Me and a guy, Brian Whalen, were the uh, custom painters there. Okay, that's pretty cool. And they brought in so so they had custom kits for everybody. Nobody brought their own equipment. No, we did we did uh, eight all white drum sets and one black kit for one particular band. Okay, 
I, yeah, I guess so, because moving moving all that equipment around would have been a logistical nightmare if everybody was bringing all their own stuff all the time. Yeah, it was all set up. They were all basically uh, backup kits for, but they had a revolving stage, so it was kind of like there was one on either side of the stage. So that that's actually a pretty amazing thing if you stop and think about it, with the way musicians are and the precision we see them at the, at the various barbecues, how precise they are with the equipment that they have and the stuff that they're used to playing. To convince those bands to play preset kits like that had to be a tall order. Well, yeah, like I said, you had two sets, so it was one on one side, and they and the other guys, their their tuner would come in, and the guy that was there, Rody, would come on in, they you know tune their setup for them huh. while while the others were performing. So. It was all ready for them when they came out. All right, so I'm going to be a drum nerd. 1985, those were probably Tama Superstar kits, right? Uh, yes, they were. Okay. That's what I thought. I, was just, I used to have that. The actual kits, though, we didn't, because it was, it was, we were on a tight deadline, and we didn't actually paint the Africa logo on there. We had a, a team of guys that were in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they, were actually, they were actually decals. Okay. Put on All right. So, uh, were, during the the show, were you were you there because you had a, oh, yeah. a part in it? So, were you backstage? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What's some Absolutely. cool stuff? What's some cool stuff you saw that you remember? Well, I, I the Hard Rock Cafe was set up right um, close to the stage, you know, in a tent down there, and I was back and forth from that watching them set up, and it's just it's, you got to watch them set up the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I would I would watch the performers get on the stage before oh. it, you know revolved around and then oh that's cool and then go back to the Hard Rock Cafe and have a couple drinks and then come back and do it all over man again. that's that's the way to go I mean and and you were you were right you know that's a, a point in history and you had sort of VIP access oh uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I've been to so many concerts and it was that was quintessentially the, the best time that i ever had so rich who did you did you have any encounters with uh, any of the uh the bands i mean you know personal... I, didn't, I didn't get in i didn't get into that i it was it was just really overwhelming actually just to be back there it was almost like its own little city yeah. into itself and back there and it, it just there's just was so much to just walk around and see it just it, you just you can't fathom it. You're just taking it in all at one time. And I was a young kid at the time, so I'm like, oh, my God, look at this. Oh, who's that? Who's that? Yeah. Oh, it's the Thompson twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. Thank you. All right. Take care, Rich. It's really wild to look up here and, and look at the set list and the set times, Preston. Yeah. I mean, especially... I guess maybe even just leading up into Ario Speedwagon Press. Look, look at those set times and the amount of songs. Like some bands came up and just did two songs and they were done. Yeah, and you're looking at the time here, and yeah. the reason they're so early is because they were doing it at the same time as the show in England, right? But which like, is a six-hour difference. The concert started before 9 a.m. Yeah. here in Philadelphia. That's wild. Yep, and there were still people tripping and wasted by the time <laughs> yeah. the whole thing if, got started. If that became, could you see yourself ever attending a rock concert that started at, like, 8 a.m.? Yeah, I, I mean, I did. Yeah, where? Yeah, like, Judas Priest only played three songs. Uh, CSNN played three songs. One of them was Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. That's, yeah. like, an eight-minute long song, though. But, uh, yeah, Ario Speedwagon did two songs. Uh, Roll with the changes, Preston! Yeah, you're tuned. Uh, Rick Springfield did three. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So real quick sets, in and out. Dude, Rick Springfield did three songs, and not one of them was Jesse's Girl. What a jip. Really? Yeah. 
Love somebody, state of the heart, and human touch. <laughs> I came here for Jesse's girl. Yeah. It's the only thing I came here for. <laughs> I just donated to Live Aid. I want to have my money back. <laughs> Rip off. <laughs> he wasn't going deep into his library at the time. He just wanted to play his current stuff, I guess. Come on, man. I'd like, like to play a deep cut of my new album. Billy Ocean did both of his hits. Yeah. yeah. Caribbean Queen or Caribbean Queen. I'm and going home now. Lover Boy. Look who introduced Black Sabbath, uh, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Wow. Uh, who are some of the other celebrity uh, introductions? So Brian Adams was introduced by Jack Nicholson, who we heard that clip from uh, uh, from Pierre when he interviewed him. Marilyn McCoo introduced the Beach Boys. Who the hell is that? Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't. T- I've forgotten the songs they did, Steve, but I know the name. I, I blocked them out myself. <laughs> I know the names. Bo Diddley. Uh, let's see. Chad was 15 years old while he was there. Uh, I'll go to him. Hey, Chad, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hey, bud. So you were 15 and you were at Live Aid, right? Yeah, it's Jack. And, um, it's, yeah, I was 15. I don't know, Chad. So, okay. Um, I don't know you Chad. probably had to fight that your whole life, right? <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm Chad, but I'm Jack. Remember, I'm Jack. Thank you. Um, From touch some pictures, a man always called Chad turns out to be Jack. And then a therapist enters his life. We can do something about that. Ask people to call you Jack. Oh, okay. (laughs) Done. All right, anyway, Jack, you were going to say. The most memorable part was the heat. It was it was so hot it was ridiculous. It, it was they were carting people off of that field all day long. And was I, it nine hour drive down to Kentucky, Han? <laughs> because I mean, honestly, if you think about it, Chad, you had that heat, which was oppressive. I remember the day just up in in New York, feeling you know it was it was I think we we're in sort of a heat wave at that point. Then you're surrounded by all that body heat. It must have been unbelievable. It was it was crazy. It was just yeah, it, the humanity was amazing. You turned around. I was fortunate enough to be. Pretty close to the stage, on the in the middle of the field, and you turned around and you just saw this soup bowl of humans, and they're constantly yeah. You saw guys trotting stretchers off of the field, Jeez. and the guy next to me, I'm 15 years old. The guy next to me is drinking out of a Presto antifreeze. <laughs> 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 yeah, and he was like, probably drinking Presto antifreeze. <laughs> well. I, I guess he. I, I guess he saw me staring at him, and he looked at me, and he was like, it's "Not antifreeze." I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "You want some?" I said, "Okay." Yeah. So he said, "Here you go, Chad." And then, <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Any idea what you tasted? It was vodka. It was. Oh my god! Okay. Wow. Hey, so Jack, so, so so you were 15. Who took you there? Were you there with any adults? Did you go with friends? What was your? I was with. I was, I was with a friend. Uh, he was probably seventeen, because he could drive. I remember being. I remember being was, like that was normal. I remember <laughs> being fourteen and my parents dropping me off at a concert. <sighs> yeah, at, at a rush concert. Here you go, have a good time. Never happened. Right. No, never happened. No, they, no way. No way. No, no way. What? Yeah. What? And they they would let, they would let kids that age in. What was the uh, going price for the average ticket at Live Aid? Do we know? That's a good I question. Think, I think I paid. Twenty-four bucks. <laughs> Twenty-four believe it. bucks. I believe it. I, 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 I'm pretty sure. How many hundreds would that cost you now? Forget three, three. Well, I mean, what would you expect to pay value, for this amazing record? Thanks. <laughs> face value probably be like three, three hundred and fifty bucks. But you would pay 
eight hundred to a thousand dollars if you had mm-hmm. to. Probably. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you guys know the story of uh, Chevy Chase and the kidney announcement? No. Uh, so a couple of listeners texted the, texted this in. Uh, apparently, uh, Chevy quieted the entire stadium, and there's audio if Marissa can find it. It's on YouTube. Um, but Chevy Chase quieted the entire stadium to announce that uh, uh, this kid, Stephen Fallon, there was he was on a, a kidney donor waiting list. And they found a kidney for him. So Chevy Chase announced it to the stadium at Live Aid. Wow. That, that there was a kidney waiting for this kid at Massachusetts General Hospital. There's a gentleman over here drinking antifreeze. He's opened up his kidney. That's amazing, sir. Thank you. Apparently both of them have shut down right now. And they're just primed for the taking. So, yeah, yeah, so the, the, the antifreeze yeah. had... Uh, had, had uh, well, we got a guy over here drinking STP. He'll see your kidney. No, wow. so, the, so the kid left... The stadium left. Wow. Was he searching for him? Is he, that why he announced? Were they searching made, for him? Yes, made the oh. announcement. They left the stadium, went to the airport, flew to Boston, and he was at the hospital wow. by uh, by mid afternoon, where he went. Uh, he was immediately admitted and prepared for uh, transplant surgery, which was uh, scheduled for the next and day. And the kid also said, "He goes, I'm going to leave, but hang on one second. Rick Springfield's going to do Jesse's draw, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'm going to stay here for that first. I feel awful sick, but I'd really love to hear Jesse's girl. God damn it." <laughs> I wasn't going to play that. <laughs> uh, we have a picture of a Live Aid ticket. It was $35. $35 and 35 years ago today. Hey! How about that? What is this? It's oh, Chevy. this is the, the announcement. Yeah. All right. in uh, At JFK Stadium in Philadelphia, Chevy Chase got on the mic, got everybody to quiet. Apparently, there was a kid in the audience there that they had a kidney replacement. They had yeah. a kidney transplant ready for him. And he wow. needed to get to the airport. All right, here we go. Steve Fallon is here. We would like him to go over to that balloon over there. Steve Fallon. We have found a donor in Boston. Please go Jeez. to that balloon. Dude. Wow. That's crazy. That's a little known story I had never heard about before. That's pretty damn cool. He, he's, he's been able to fashion a temporary kidney out of churros that he just purchased. <laughs> but so he got the notification that there was a kidney ready to go, and there's footage of the guy leaving. That's amazing. Yeah, he went right to the airport and then flew right to Boston. And he made it back in time for the Thompson Twins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were here. Yeah. yeah, they were here. Nick, can you do me a favor? Because we have a guest on the line who we're going to yeah. talk to, but... Can you research and see if he's still alive yeah, yeah. or if, if there's any information about that person? Because that's, that's a pretty crazy That's story. amazing. Wow. All right. Well, 35 years ago today, right here in our in our city, uh, Live Aid took place. I'm sure Pierre, is Pierre back today or was yeah, he on He has to be. Yeah, he's, oh, doing, he's, he's doing the whole thing. Right, yeah. yeah. We'll get some uh, stories from here from him because he was backstage. He was at the whole event and should have some really cool stories to, sell, to share, not sell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sell you some great radio today. Uh, the next song is going for $25. All right. Uh, our next guest is on the line. He has got uh, his most recent comedy video special uh, available. It is called Where the Field Corn Grows. He's been on our program many times. Please welcome Mr. Greg Warren. Hey! the show hey greg hey guys how you doing good brother how you been why well, uh i've been fine but i feel really guilty interrupting the, the kidney kid story <laughs> <laughs> it's it can't help but it be anticlimactic after that right yeah that yeah. was amazing i never knew that man yeah. that was fascinating i mean in that in that large gather do, do you do you uh recall were you um sentient enough to to re, uh, recall live aid and and uh and, oh, yeah. and view it, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah was... I'm, 
But I didn't know that story. That's fascinating. That should be the, that should be the biggest thing come out of that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of organs sold that day. <laughs> sure there were. <laughs> hey, listen, so your uh, your video, your your comedy special, it's coming out on the 21st? Um, it's, no, it's actually out. Oh, it is out. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime uh, and Amazon. So it's it's out right now. Yeah. All right. And what's the story with the title, Where the Field Corn Grows? You got to tell well, me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's mostly about farming and my lack of knowledge. Of farming. <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, yeah, I uh, I was doing this show in Iowa a while back, and there's a bunch of farmers in the crowd. And I asked this guy, I go, you know, what do you farm? And he said beans. And I said, uh, like green beans. And they all start laughing at me like I'm the dumbest person. They just he thinks we go green beans in Iowa. Oh, America, green beans, green beans in Iowa. Don't let me all this stuff. It was soybeans, which. I didn't know. And I mean, by the way, like green beans, that's not that ridiculous of an answer. I, no. I, you know, it's a real food. I, I, I didn't say jelly beans, okay? I right. said, you know, and then after the show, um, this really nice lady comes up to me and she's a farmer and she goes, hey, don't feel bad about the beans. She goes, uh, she goes, I'm a farmer. She said, uh, I met this guy the other day. He didn't know the difference between field corn. And sweet corn. <laughs> what an like, idiot! Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, boy, what, that kind of a dummy. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you guys know? Do you guys know the difference? No. Ah! Listen, I did one time. I asked at. Uh, I was at. Um, our family went to an orchard. It was it was in the fall, and we were going to do, like, you know, pumpkins and right, so on and right, so forth. Right. And there was still corn out in the field. It's brown. It's all beat up. And I'm like, yeah. all right, tell me about why. I mean, because when it's green, that's when I get it at the store. Why is it all brown out there? And they said that that was for, like, feed for animals. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. That's, that's the answer. Okay. Uh, uh, field corn is what they, they grind up and they feed the animals. And sweet corn is what we eat. And once they explain it, it's really easy to remember because field corn is grown in a field, whereas <laughs> sweet corn is grown in a field. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the farmers make it real easy. For yeah, the, that's the only difference. So, and I assume that as sweet corn ages out, does it then become considered field corn? I don't think so, man. Okay, I don't think so. All right, I but see. I, that's why I, I'm not I, I, a, I a farmer. I didn't go that deep on this. <laughs> so when was this obviously? When was this recorded? Because obviously things have been in a stasis since the uh, coronavirus stuff going yeah. on. Was so? Uh, was, was it just before? Yeah. No, I shot it. I actually shot it last summer. So okay. we've had it for a while and just decided to release it. Um, that was a good time. A lot of people are, are at home. So uh, yeah, uh, we shot. We shot it uh, in Edwardsville, Illinois. Uh, which I think Preston. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember yeah. Edwardsville. Yeah, yeah, and um, there's because and I wanted a lot of farmers in the audience. So um, nice. yeah, and it, so there was a ton of farms uh, farmers there, and it was it was pretty cool, man. There's a really neat theater there. Yeah, we used to call that Deadwardsville, Illinois. <laughs> Well, you know, I I don't think that's very nice. Uh, that was back in the day. I'm sure it's a you know, thriving community now. And that's you know, name calling really shouldn't come into this. So <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> um, how has pandemic life uh, been treating you, sir? You know, fine. I mean, uh, compared to to a lot of people, it's um, I mean, I, you know, my biggest problem is just, you know, it's silly. I can't, uh, aside from not having a job, uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, uh, 
can't order the right stuff. Do you, do you guys, have you guys been doing well with Amazon? I, I um... actually very well. It, it's been and, and the online ordering stuff has been um, as has, has been a bit of normalcy. So having that work out has been good. But you have not been enjoying that same success. Well, it's my own fault. I just ordered the wrong. I, I ordered some air filters the other day, which um, you know, just for my my AC unit. And uh, I, I guess I. Click the wrong thing because this box showed up. It was about as big as my kitchen table, and uh, uh, it, I ordered industrial air air filter. No. <laughs> yes, I don't know if any of you guys know somebody that uh, owns a Chrysler plant. <laughs> I, I, might, uh, <laughs> I, I think I might have some for them. And then this, this, I I can't. I mean, everything's starting to come back, but for the longest time, I couldn't get like any good soap, like the soft soap you wash your your hands with or whatever. I mean, you could get bar soap, but I'm not, you know, I'm not poor. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I was, You're but, used uh, to a different style of living. Yeah, yeah. exactly, man. <laughs> I'm a headliner. Come on. <laughs> I, mean, uh, uh, I know it. I, I would, the soap, you, the soft soaps you could get uh, were like the high end ones. Yeah. But it seemed like it was like the flavors that didn't work out. You know, like, oh, uh, lavender and mackerel. That's, uh, that's Lavender and mackerel. I didn't even know they made that. <laughs> exactly. I think it was all the stuff they were getting ready to throw out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Listen, I, I kid you not. Yesterday, so my daughter wanted for a uh, an art project. She, her, and her friend were doing, and they needed rubbing alcohol to right. mix with this acrylic ink or whatever it was going to be. All right, fine. I'll go get you some rubbing alcohol. Went to like five different places: CVS couple of grocery stores, nobody, all of them oh. sold out. I eventually found some, and I never knew this existed, wintergreen rubbing alcohol. Wintergreen l- rubbing is, alcohol? It is green in color. It smells minty fresh, Ooh. and it's rubbing alcohol. I, so like What's the purpose for that? bizarre soft soap, that was the same thing, Greg. I'd never heard of some of these yeah. products that you're resorted to, to buying because they're out of everything else. Wintergreen? Yeah. Isn't that a lifesaver? Right. Yes. Exactly. That almost encourages you to drink it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I probably it's made for late stage alcoholics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like red, red velvet, aqua velva. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. There's, I, there's no purpose for that. But but so where are you where where are you living right now, Greg? St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. St. Louis. So obviously you have access to. To, to, you know, take out and things like that. I mean, are you, uh, but I mean, it, obviously your drive is to perform in front of people and that's been stalled for a while. Is there any projected um, uh, time when you're going to return to the stage or have you had a few here and there? Well, uh, I had a couple and then I'm actually uh, supposed to be in Indianapolis this week. So, all right. Yeah, we'll see if it works out. So I mean, that it, it's, know, it's got to feel good, you know, to just see oh, that. Oh, great, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, I'll never take doing stand-up for granted. <laughs> well, you know. So, and we've heard that the uh, that this is going to, at least at the beginning, as things will start to, you know, eventually move in, in the complete right direction, that uh, a lot of former headliners at, at larger venues are going to be going for the smaller gig. So it might be a little bit more competitive. Uh, you know, so as far as you go, uh, I'll, go I'll go head to head with those guys out there. <laughs> you just take them on. Hey, you're you're and, and, you're and a top level wrestler. Yeah, no, it's listen. It's a weird thing, but I know people are just chomping at the bit to you know to, to get that that back because it's 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 a fun thing to do. Going to see live comedy, there's nothing like it. 
Yeah, I, 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 I really hope it comes back. It will. It's yeah. Just, I, it's probably not on the timing. It's just the open-endedness of all of it, you know? Yeah, right. I be like, hey, starting December 1, it'll all be back. I'll be like, fine. I could use the break. It's fine. Right. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I, it, I just don't know. It's being left in a state of flux. Now, do you, have you employed any of your West Point cadet training into uh, surviving through the pandemic? or? <laughs> uh, the only thing I really retained from West Point was uh, folding clothing. I've, I've, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> they place a lot of emphasis on folding T-shirts there. Like, like uh, I, I don't know what goes on on the front line, but there, there must be some sort of T-shirt folding contest or something. Like they, they, they should recruit those kids that work at the Gap. You know, we're, we're going to make you a general, Trevor. <laughs> how sh- how sharp are your folds? Extremely good. Oh, really? Extremely, yeah, no. Like I would say, T-shirts are my best thing. Like I just, I, it's the one thing that I retained. I don't remember any of the military stuff. What about bed I, bedding? How are you with the the, uh, the the making of the bed? You know, I got in a lot of trouble over the bed, actually. Um, I, I, I'm, uh, but I did. I can do the hospital corners. I wouldn't say it's as good as a shirt. If I'm going to be judging on one thing, I'd prefer <laughs> you guys judge me on the t-shirt. You're going to be okay. in the shirt. You're going to be in the shirt division if if the if the country goes to war. And they, yeah, they yeah. If we do go to war, yeah, I'll probably, they'll, they'll put me in shirts right away. Because nice. I think the first thing they ask you is like, do you have any special skills or that kind of thing? And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Shirts, really. <laughs> shirts. That's my specialty. So, so they're not. They're not going to fold themselves. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I want to be clear. I uh, I didn't graduate from West Point. I, I uh, <laughs> you attended. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I attended for one year. It's a it's it's a four year program. I don't know if you guys are. Uh, <laughs> we've heard, we've I, heard. I, yeah, I was what they called in the army uh, a quitter. You know, I, I I got recruited to wrestle there at, at uh, West Point, and the coach was very convincing. And I got up there, and I was like, man, this. Uh, this seems a lot like the army, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, listen, Greg. It's it's cool that we have uh, you know entertainment like your special. It's out right now for people who are dying for comedy. Can't get it live, but obviously, uh, you can get some really good stuff. And uh, specifically, uh, you'd said Amazon Prime right now, but some other yeah. uh, uh, other um, uh, venues as well. We'll be able to get this. I know Voodoo and X, Xbox Video and all that good stuff. So we'll point people in that direction, man. It's good to hear from you. And it's really nice talking to you guys, man. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on. Anytime. Greg Warren, yeah! guys. And the special is called Where the Field Corn Grows. He's a funny dude. He's right about that. I'd, uh, I'd always wondered why they let that corn just sit out there and turn brown. Mm. I'm like, he can't eat that stuff. He can't. The hell's Don't that? Don't lie to us. All right. Listen, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. I'm sure there's going to be more about uh, the whole Live Aid thing uh, with uh, Pierre and his oh, show yeah. 35 years ago today. We'll be back in a second. Make sure you stay with us. Back in the olden days, about five years ago, your only options to keep listening to WMMR when you got home would be to drive your car into your living room or turn on something called a radio. But now, through modern technology, the smart speaker that's secretly collecting data on you... What did you say? ...can also stream WMMR. Just tell Alexa or Google to open MMR, and magically we'll come streaming into your home. Plus, it may help distract your device from becoming self-aware. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Saw a number of stories uh, that took place while we were... Off for a couple of days, and this was nice. Gary Larson released new comics for uh, The Far Side. 
Uh, Love having first, him back. The first strip since January of 1995. The one I saw was uh, Aliens. Um, just w- one panel, a classic Gary Larson joke. I forget what the joke was, but I, I, I chuckled. And he, he's the master of that stuff. Uh, he said that this is not a resurrection of the Far Side Daily cartoons. Right. After 25 years of rereading our favorites, uh, everybody's still excited about it, though. The first of the new comics uh, features bears, aliens, and taxidermy, all staples of the Far Side. Uh, the style is familiar with two large exceptions. Instead of watercolor, the new comics are done in digital brush strokes that make the images feel more volumetric and vibrant. That's than, what I thought. Than the original full color cartoons. I, yeah, they, write, I said, I honey, look at how volumetric this is. Well, mm-hmm. it did look different. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it looked different than the Gary Larson Farside stuff you're used to. All right. You know what? He always reminded me of, of sort of the uh, comic strip version of Stephen Wright. Okay. You know, like one liners mm-hmm. that yep. were just solid stuff. It probably is my favorite. Um, if I have to go back and think of all of the different types of con. And I, listen, I love Family Circus and Marmaduke and um, Dondi. Don- uh, this one I just absolutely love. I mean, you, ter- you can turn it in, you know, you see t shirts, the Midvale School for the Gifted. And yeah. I, I just love it. I was, uh, Calvin and Hobbes was probably my favorite, but yeah. I did love the far side. Um, and. Uh, they also uh, they're they're also the penned outlines as well, which uh, exist in both the watercolor and black and white original comics. Uh, but they're they're pretty much gone. In so, this, so the outlines are not there anymore. His stuff has been appearing in newspapers and has been syndicated out. It's just all the old stuff regurgitated. Right. So this is the first new stuff. Yep. Did you say twenty five years? Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Right, wh- yeah. Where in where can I find this? And since farside dot com. Okay. Is there an Instagram or anything like that, or is it just the website? Uh, Don't you know. can go to Instagram and then uh, click on thefarside.com from Instagram, and you should be good to go. All right. Uh, both the style changes and the comics return are due to the fact that Larson is now using a digital tablet. After years of frustration dealing with clogged pens and dried-up markers, he decided to give uh, going digital a chance. He said, I was stunned at all the tools the thing offered, all the creative potential it contained, I simply had no idea how far these things had evolved. Uh, he writes, uh, he wrote this in an opening uh, open letter for new stuff, the title of his new works. Uh, and uh, he said, perhaps fittingly, the first thing I drew was a caveman. Uh, he isn't the first cartoonist to trade in a pen for a stylus. Uh, the allure is pretty strong. Using a tablet, of course, opens up a wide variety of digital brushes and tools, as well as the ability to work in layers for objects and coloring. Options that didn't exist when his series first ran. Yeah, could you imagine the output of some of these people who did this stuff, you know, uh, if they'd had this all along? Yeah. Staggering amount of uh, uh, capabilities. Yep. Uh, that's wild that he that's that that was the switch. That's what that's what did it for him is the technology made him yeah. want to get back into it. Yep. I think the one I remember uh, most that sticks out in my mind and it was it was called The Dam Breaks. And it was the um, it was a, the migraine institute right next door to it was uh, the marching band academy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and you see the all the people from the migraine institute walking out there. They're like carrying knives and guns, and they're headed over to They've the marching the yeah. marching band uh, institute or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved those. Those were great. You had heard the uh, stories. I uh, wore a cow costume quite often in college, and but the first time I wore yeah. one, 
Uh, I wore one. My buddy Troy, my buddy Scott, we all dressed up. And I don't even know if this is for a Halloween party or not. But we all had cow costumes on. And then periodically throughout the party, if somebody yelled car, the three of us would then get on our hands yes. and knees because of the far side car. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. One, of, one of those classics. I forgot about your time in a cow suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, you know. There's that... a lot of things in my life I can't explain why, uh, other than it, it was kind of funny. How long did that last? Um, so I wore that. Okay, so I probably wore that for the first time in my junior year, sophomore, junior year, and then I held on to it for, to, until I graduated. So Really? Yeah, but I, I didn't, it wasn't like all the time. It was like, all right, today's the... I'm going to wear the cow costume today. I don't you, know. And you would wear it to class? No. No. Oh, okay. well, See, I thought you wore it to class. Now, I wore my costume to class. Yeah. I, would, I, I had a Roman centurion outfit with a brush helmet. <laughs> and wow. you wore that to class? I did, yeah, a couple times. I had to wear it when I pledged a fraternity. That was my uniform. I had to wear it every single day. Okay. Um, and so I wore that to class and everything. But right. uh, no, no, no. I just, just parties. You, know. you still have it? Oh, no. No. No, okay. no. It got ripped Ripped to shreds and pissed on. And, <laughs> and pissed on. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you ran out of money to pay the people to piss on. You, so. right. uh, piss on my cow costume. So anyhow, uh, yeah, there are new uh, new comics uh, for the far side, if you're interested. What happened to the Ziggy dude? Ziggy was huge, too. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Do you ever see the documentary, Preston, called Dear Mr. Waterson about um, Calvin and Hobbes? No. It's not a great documentary, but it dives into why he stopped doing it. And um, it's pretty interesting because he, he just got fed up with it. And not only did he stop doing the Calvin and Hobbes cartoons, but he uh, just disappeared from the public eye entirely. Like, he, he got really um, camera shy and afraid of the attention. And he also... Uh, an old Salinger? A little bit, yeah. And, and um, you guys probably remember, but, like, Calvin and Hobbes ended up on everything. Yes. You know, and so there was all of this copyright and trademark infringement. Yeah. No, no, not birth control, but, like... <laughs> Every other college T-shirt when I was in college was a Calvin and Hobbes. It shirt. was, and yeah. Not one of those dimes ever ended up to Bill Waterston. So I think he just got really fed up with the commercialism of all of it. One of the best things about that uh, that strip was it could be hilarious and outrageous and tender and really sweet Absolutely. sometimes. And and I loved that it that it went all over the place like that. Um, all right, this is interesting. An anonymous buyer. Bid a record amount of money for a rare, unopened copy of the classic video game Super Mario Brothers. This is for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Classic unopened. Anybody want to guess how much somebody bought that video game right. cartridge for? Unopened video game cartridge. The original unopened. Yeah. Originally right. released in 1985. 1985. How, how old it was. All right. Uh, let me take a let me take a solid guess at this. $200,000. No, uh, but it's still way up there. $114,000. Wow. $114,000 for a video game. <laughs> uh, the winning bid broke the record for the most ever paid for a video game. Wow. A mint condition copy of the same game sold for $100,150 in <laughs> February of last so there's year. There's two. Yeah. I'll tell um, you, I, I would never be good at this stuff. Things that are that are collectibles, I would always have to open it up and screw around with it. And, you know, it's uh, uh, Brett Hamilton, who, uh, you know, we worked with the Y100. He had a whole great Kiss collection, and he had the figures and everything, and they were all sealed in their original wrapping and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I, I couldn't do that. Well, I yeah. I'd play with it. I, 
They, All right. you, it, yeah, kiss, kiss I, fights. I just anything that I ever had that it would have ever had any sort of value later on. Right, in life, I would destroy it. Got ruined, dude. I have a signed. I had a signed basketball from the Sixers. I mean, it had all the guys on it, like Barkley and Irving, and I played basketball with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? like, After the Beanie Baby situation, oh, there's yeah. no collectible in my yeah. house. Really, yeah. there's not. Um... Just know your limitations and live your life. <laughs> The only thing, if I were to get into collectibles of some type, it would have to be something that had a um, that had a visual uh, appreciate. It, it would have to look nice. I'd have right. to put it on display. It would have to look cool. Lava right. lamps, and to have it, you know, be um, what's the proper word I'm looking for? Displayed. Uh, yeah, but uh, but some sort of a uh, uh, an eye attraction to it, you know, exculpatory thing. No. Ex- oh, uh, aesthetic. aesthetic. We, we aesthetic. Yes, thank you. you I was going to say we don't have search for the word. It's okay, <laughs> but aesthetic. It would have to have a certain aesthetic to it. Yeah, because if you're going to pay that much for it, I would hope that you would appreciate its its visual. What about drum faces? The uh, the uh, drum faces. What, what do they call it? The uh, the bass. The drum heads. Yeah, drum heads. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean that's that'd be really though cool. they they would eat up a lot of space. You couldn't yeah. have many of them. Yeah, like the bass drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with with a logo on it. That would be really cool. Uh, so this particular version of Super Mario Brothers was particularly rare because the box with a cardboard hang tab underneath the plastic. Yeah, man. An indication that it was produced after Nintendo started using shrink wrap to seal the games rather than stickers. Uh, Apparently made it extra valuable. Listed in excellent condition, Heritage, the auction site, uh, said that it is the highest graded copy of the game the company has ever sold. Uh, They did a video game auction overall and brought in almost seven hundred thousand dollars through that. I hear that copies of the of the ET game, the much heralded and and uh, you know, Atari game, yeah. yes, really that they that they they actually buried them in a in a pit somewhere in a desert. I'm sure Nick Murphy knows the, the full story better than do yeah, I. Yeah, did you see that documentary? Yes, I did. It's great. Yeah, it is great. Why why did they bury them in a pit? I mean, it was a it terrible was a disaster. Game, but... It was a disaster. So they just. But I managed to beat it. Uh, yeah. On a few different occasions, but you're... In you're, fact, there was a whole Goldberg's episode about it. Yeah. About how it stunk. It, it did. It was It was really... And I don't remember how or why uh, I, I beat it. And, I mean, you kind of... It, it wasn't even like, oh, well, this is how you do it. You kind of happened upon things. Right. But you know what? The thing about that game being that it wasn't a very fun game to play, the, what the documentary points out is the designer was actually, he he created it in record time right. because they demanded it. Okay. And so he could only do so much with the amount of time that was allotted. And that was his... And it, was therefore, then he was vilified for it afterwards, kind of ruined him. It wasn't his fault. He, it wasn't his fault. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. met the demand. In fact, a lot of people said it was actually pretty genius that he came up with what he came up with in that amount of time. They had to get it on the shelf. The name of the documentary was Atari Game Over, and uh, there was this place called Alamo Alamo Gordo. I'm not quite sure. In in New Mexico, yeah. Yes. (laughs) And so they they were, several thousand of them were buried, uh, but they were only able to recover uh, 1,300 or so. By the way, and I'm glad we, I'm glad you brought this up, Steve. So one of the people that's featured in that movie is a guy named Ernest Klein. We've oh. had him on the show before. He wrote Ready Player One, yeah. and he wanted to be there when they found the games. He drove his DeLorean down there. Oh, right, right, right. It was right. part of the whole thing. <laughs> While we were on break, I found out Ready Player <laughs> Two is coming out. Wow. And when Nick Murphy sent me the, the tweet about it, and while he sent it to me, we were actually... 
listening to it on audio, my, my family was, even though we were in the car with no air conditioning and the windows all the way Turn down. Turn it up! We had it cranked all the way up, and we were listening to Ready Player One, so that was my seventh time through that story, and I can't wait for Ready Player Two. So, you know what? I think I have his email address, Case. We should get him on the show. Ooh. I'll try to get in touch with him. Anyhow, uh, also at this video game uh, auction, a prototype of the never-sold Sega Pluto Two console. Yeah, I've, I've, this is part of legend and lore. Uh, brought in a winning bid of $84,000. The prototype from Sega's canceled project to create a second model of the Sega Saturn console never was released to the public. And Kathy, a copy of Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Sold for $50,400. Wow. Unopened or it had to have been. I'm going to guess okay. so, yeah. And one of the first sealed copies of Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, sold for $38,000. It's believed to be one of less than 10 copies left in so existence. It, if you watch Collector's Corner, and I do on MeTV every every Sunday night after Columbo, uh, it's, uh, uh, they show these things that will drive up the price. So if you haven't opened a game, like one of these games, you have an opened thing. Mm-hmm. However, you have it signed or a picture or a story that corresponds to it. Like I met the creator here. We took a picture and they signed it. That, that increases that, the value? That increases the value. Just a story behind a, it? A story that's chronicled in, that's in, somehow... in, in, in a, a photograph or a, a signature. Yeah. But it, when you have it in its pristine, unopened condition, that, that means everything. By the way, Once I it's rec- opened, it, I, it'll, it'll compromise its value. I recently played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. We have like the classic little yeah. Nintendo Mini and... Uh, Jace has kind of passed it, but he he th- you know he he turned it on one day and <laughs> so I played with him. How'd you do? How'd you get? What, I was pretty good. I was yeah. trying to teach him the tricks that I remember. The first two guys are so easy to pass, and yeah. then uh, there was a couple of other tricks I remember for the the guys after. Did that. you beat Soda Popinski? Yes. Okay. I was always what about, good. What about at be- Gray Tiger? I was always good at beating him. I forget who was Gray Tiger. I forget what he his was. The thing one was. who he was like mystical, and he would like. Um, <laughs> Is What's, that where this comes from? Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the game? It wasn't Mike Tyson's Punch Out, but it was a boxing game where the first guy was Glass Joe. That, that's Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah. Well, punch actually, out? Okay. it was like Punch Out mm. in the, the arcade cabinet yeah, yeah. game. That was just regular was, Punch Out. And the then Bull be, is another one I yeah, remember. Bald Bull, yeah, Bald Bull, Soda Popinski, Piston Honda was the one that uh, I think is a. The, the thing, yeah. And then, like, Bald Bull came back. Uh, and then there was one who was like uh, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, but he had a different name. Diff- yeah, it was like similar though, oh, wasn't it? Oh, King Hippo was it? okay. Uh, Little Bull- Mac, Super Von- Macho Man, yep. Von Kaiser, Bald Bull, Super Macho Man, Soda Popinski. Yep, Von Kaiser. Is that all of them? Him. Yeah, uh, but you were Little Mac, I believe. Yes, you fought as Little Mac, and then uh, once you got to Mike Tyson, you were terrified, and he would kill you. And there's Harper Lee. <laughs> and Harper <laughs> Lee? Yeah, yeah. The the author the author that's very weird. Wow, <laughs> but there was there was a code that would uh, basically put you in the game where you ended or or where you died. And so I did get to Mike Tyson a couple times. I can't remember if I ever beat him. I never got to Mike Tyson by myself. I always had to use the code to get to Mike Tyson. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if I've ever. Been I know. There. I can't remember. Hmm. Somebody texted and said they have a copy of ET. Paid about five dollars for it at a convention. <laughs> Uh, they are more abundant than you think. Oh, you know who texted that in? Intern Ben. As you can imagine. Oh, wow. Hey. Yeah, ben would know. Yeah. Okay. So I bought my wife for, so her favorite book Thank is, you, <laughs> her favorite book is um, 
A tree grows in Brooklyn. Yes. So for her birthday uh, a couple of years ago, I bought her a first edition. The video game? No, no, oh, it's a, okay. no, no. So I'm just the video talking, game for, yeah. for Tree Girls in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Talking yeah. about collectibles. Yeah. And Little Women is a great video game. Things that, that will drive <laughs> the price up. So I didn't have the kind of money that I to, to spend on a version of, of a uh, edition one of that book right. that actually has the dust cover on it or the sleeve on it. Yeah, it's still it's still a valuable item, but, yes. Yeah, so it was a it was a couple hundred bucks and wow. and it was I in the, really uh, really great, great condition on Atari. Oh. <laughs> how much how much is it worth case? Uh well, so the one that I got her without the dust cover or whatever was a few hundred bucks and it's in really good condition. Huh. But if I wanted one with a dust cover, you're talking thousands of dollars just wow. for a, that little cover that goes over the, the book. sleeve. Okay, yeah, the sleeve. Interesting. Yeah, I remember Bugs Bunny was able to repel a pack of attacking dogs. <laughs> I remember that. The hair grows in Manhattan. Yeah, and then the dog saw it and they ran over it because they wanted to pee on yeah, the they, tree. They left and went to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where my up. mind went. Man. <laughs> so much of my education was Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes. Nick pulled up that episode. It was called "The Hair Grows in Manhattan." <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> no wonder I'm illiterate. <laughs> or more literate. How tall is Bugs Bunny? He's yes. shorter than uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. Yeah, because he was 6'4", right? Yeah. Something like that. Hmm. Uh, I didn't even realize I'm digging through the junk drawer. Oh! Yeah, let me see what I can uh, find in here. Sorry I'm coughing so much. Clear my throat. Bill's going to tell me about it later in the meeting, I'm oh. sure. I was going to ask you guys off air, but I'll do it on air. How do you? What kind of greeting do you think we're going to get from Bill today? Like a, a welcome back greeting from Bill. Um, as in, what will he? What will be the first thing he says? Yeah. Well, we're, unless he, if he's listening, he could throw off the betting process. Yeah, I yeah. know. Well, he was very complimentary on the shows that we ran last. He week. was. So maybe he'll start with something like that. Okay. Then the ratings and also then, came. The in numbers and they were, were really good. good. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll lead with um, I trust everyone. Uh, <laughs> That's where I thought That's it was what going. it's going. No. Yes. Yeah. Kathy, I trust you all had a... Uh... You're looking very tan. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on the rack? Are you on the rack? <laughs> Is your Aunt Flo in town? <laughs> President, I almost forwarded you Bill's email over the break and said, it's also relatable, all of the topics we chose. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> uh, so, well, this is relatable. A lot of people went to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, beach where you'll find water. <laughs> At least three great white sharks are thought oh, to be no. lurking in waters off of New York area beaches. Well, let me check my shark app. <laughs> With an- another two thought to be heading in that direction. Do you really have a shark Yes, app? I sure do. Are they coming down from Massachusetts, Press? So what happens is nope. that there are some sharks that have transponders on them, and that's the ones that they're reporting Yeah, they, they tag them, and mm-hmm. actually there's a couple that they've been following for years. Mary that- Lee. What? Mary Lee. Oh, that was one. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember her. Yeah. So, uh, and I, they all come up on my shark app. I haven't looked at it in yeah, a while. Yeah, see, see what the deal is. I think one's coming up from Delaware. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Tax free oh, shopping. Uh, according to the O Search online shark tracker, is that what you use, yes. Kathy? Yes. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> the most recent sightings include <laughs> Caroline, who's a 12 foot, 9 inch, great white, and 1,348 pounds. Jesus Christ. Was located between Seaside Heights and Barnegat Light. Oh. Along the New Jersey shore on July 1st. Uh, Caper, who's an eight foot, weighing Adorable. 348 pounds. And Cabot, who measures nine feet and weighs 533 pounds. The pair's electronic tags were heard pinging off of the Hamptons coastline on June 4th and June 8th. Did you see where one of the sightings was? No. 
Montauk, New York, Kathy. Uh, they, um, a couple of years ago, they found, I think I, I told you guys this right before we went on vacation, um, they found whatever, what would be a, a shark nest or a shark whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, up in the tree? Gr- no, but <laughs> whatever, whatever it would be in the water. Yeah. Um, of, yeah, of basically of great white babies. Uh, right, Is it a school? Right off of, of Montauk. Do they call them schools? Great white daycare. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the, so the Montauk was actually where Jaws the novel uh, takes yeah. place. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I mean, yep. well, actually, Nick, uh, Greenport or out in that general area. See if you can look up what a group of sharks are referred to, if you don't mind. So we unpleasant them. <clears throat> instead of a yeah. I, I don't think it's a school, but who knows? Uh, so another oh, a shiver. A shiver okay. of sharks. So That's why, man. Of great <laughs> Shake it on out. Shake it on, man. It's a shiver of sharks, man. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called Shiver of Sharks. Uh, and a also another new apex predator in the area is Vimy. And it's uh, 1,164 pounds, 13 feet long, and he was tracked in a deep part of the ocean off the Delaware coast. Mm. Uh, a great white known as Mary Lee. Hey, Mary Lee. That's right, man. Used to be tracked. Uh, shiver, baby. What shiver are you running with? <laughs> I got a shark shiver up my pants. Um, used to be tracked between 2012 and 2017, but her five-year tracker battery has since stopped working. Oh, no. Oh, she could it's, be anywhere now. Could be, it could actually be yeah. where you work right now. <laughs> it's believed that she is still alive and swimming, by the way. By the way, uh, oh, Cape Cod has a terrible, well, not, well, depending on how you perceive it, if you're a seal, you would consider it a terrible shark a problem, but they they have uh, they have a load of great whites off of Cape uh, Cod because of all the seal. Oh, well, so a friend of mine seal's population was, uh, and the singer seal is there as well. So. A friend of mine, her husband is a pilot, and they were flying. I forget exactly where they were, but somewhere in the Cape Cod area. And she sent me a video, and there were, I mean, hundreds of seal on the beach, and it was because there was probably a great white or some sort of shark oh, yeah. right, oh, right yeah. off the shore. No effing way. No effing way. Uh, the concern over the presence of sharks was heightened after a seven-foot-long one washed up on Rockaway Beach on July 1st. That was a thresher shark, though. Yeah. And uh, apparently they said it's harmless to the water-going public. Oh, sure it is. Sure. I was dead now. <laughs> uh, Chris Fisher, who founded the O-Search Shark Tracker, said that he would expect an increase in shark numbers, especially if seals start to reside in the areas which would provide an abundant food source. However, he believes... Having five great whites in the area is quote no more than normal. Yeah, that's probably right. So, and and that's the ones they're tracking though. Yes, their exactly. buddies are probably hanging out with them. Yeah, most likely, I would imagine. They're not. They're not very. Um, you know, social. social. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they 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 don't attack people. They're pretty solitary. Yeah, <laughs> man. No, but in, in, with with this story, there was a picture of of a great white. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up out of the water, you know, when they throw the bait out there, and yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they come up with the mouth open. My God, it's, it's, the teeth on those things, they're just gigantic arrowheads. They're yeah. just huge. You know, though, but though the the deadlier shark in the in the water is the bull shark. Yeah, because of its aggressive yeah, nature. Yeah, very aggressive. But just the mouth. I mean, on this, just as... The as mouth a, on that shark. As a, <laughs> a, as, a, as a beast of the world, it's just, it's amazing to look at that well there's a documentary from years ago called blue water white death and they have a whole bunch of footage the first time i ever saw where they did the thing where they take half a like a lamb carcass and you know dangle it down and you see that the the clamping power (laughs) and you're right Preston. those arrowheads just cut this freaking thing in half unbelievable yeah Yeah, i would definitely do that uh, shark cage thing you can do and i think it's guadalupe in the um 
in the Caribbean and you get in and, and I, I'm fascinated by it. I, I, I get that they're scary looking animals, but I'm not. They are amazing. They yeah, are amazing. I'm not scared by them, I guess. I, I'd be more scared of a bull shark. You know, not right now. Not right here. Well, not in the yeah. studio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not scared now. This <laughs> app is really cool. It, it reminded me because I just reopened it again after you mentioning it. But yeah, it has all the, the sharks that you mentioned, or most of them anyway, hey, pressing if I can remember. But Is there a map showing you? Can you see where the transponders are? Yeah, are you, yeah you can see exactly oh, where they look are. Look at this. There's a whole bunch of sharks there, Kathy. Yeah. It's like a it shark jamboree. The, tells you the type of shark. It tells you about how big they are um, and when they were last pinged. So when you use, do you use this when you before you dip your toes in the water down at the shore? No, you know what? I think I forget why I downloaded it, but uh, I think it was when, like, right around Mary Lee time, and and somebody said something about the app, and so no, I have, I actually haven't used it in a while. Now, if you swipe right, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like there's one that's just been tracked just outside uh, or off of Ventnor, and it was the last time it was pinged was um, in, around April. That's a picture. All right, I'm looking at this this photo. I mean, That's the picture I saw this morning. Oh <laughs> Look at the teeth on that thing. And then, wow, it's just when does when is Shark Week again? When when does that come up Should on uh, up Discovery? In August, August right? usually in the summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Who host? Who was the host last year? They is it the same? They've had they've had some good good host. Does it say who's on this this year? It does not, but it starts on August 9th. So yeah, right. it's right around the corner. Uh, let me see if I can find out who's hosting this year. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, I think it's Regis. There are some that are uh, swirling. Is Regis? Look at the size of that shark. Look at those shivers. That's a big damn thing. I'll get shivers up my spine. Yeah. It just I felt for the first time in four months I felt something in my peepee. <laughs> <laughs> I believe absolutely. Well, I'm very old, and I don't feel a lot down there anymore. It's pretty much dead. Uh, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, August night. Joy was working for four hours last night. <laughs> Nothing, not a thing. Wow, four yeah, hours. She actually got carpal tunnel. I said, "Sweetheart, forget it." <laughs> oh, I don't want to do that to you. I love you too much to give you that kind of pain. Hey, that's a lot of love. That she, absolutely. That she continued doing that for. Uh, we're, we're in a world of hurt because down in her nether regions, it's like an arid desert. It's like banging the Bonneville salt flats. Wow. It doesn't matter, though. I mean, there is you issues, can't do it I, anyway. Listen, we're, 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 we're still in love. That's yeah, all about it. That's wonderful. Great white shark. Oh. Yeah, great white shark. Thank you. Regis, host <laughs> of Shark Week. Yeah, this uh, it's going to be special. Coming up in August. All right, let me see what else I got here. Uh This is interesting. Uh People working remotely. Could soon do so from the Caribbean. Prime Minister of Barbados, Mia Amor Motley. What a name. Is thinking about introducing a 12-month Barbados welcome stamp that would allow visitors (laughs) 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 the the option to work remotely from the Caribbean island for a... Yeah, where are you? I'm at home. uh, For a year at a time. Really? Where's that steel drum music coming from? I don't know. I think our Zoom call is being hacked. Uh, this is being considered because... Do you want your drink here, sir? Uh, because short-term travel has become more difficult due to testing restrictions. Tourism makes up about 40% of the country's gross domestic product, and about 30% of its workforce is employed by the industry. Motley says you don't need to work in Europe or the U.S. or Latin America if you can come here and work for a couple of months at a time, go back, and then come back. I mean, That's a smart idea. It's a great not? idea. I had a friend who uh, she was working remotely, and she had to log in every day. Uh, she, I'm not, I don't want to say anything about her because she was very 
quiet about what she did, but she traveled somewhere um, that was absolutely amazing. And when she was finished work, uh, she just went out, her and, and her family, and they basically spent time uh, in this beautiful location. But, like, why and, not? But but that's what I said. And, and I said, but why aren't you telling me? You're, you're, you're logging on every day. You're doing your work until, and you're logging off the same exact time you would log off if you were at home. And she said, I know, but I feel like my managers and my bosses would look down upon it. And, you know, yeah. somehow I would, have you know, have to come back or they'd make me come in or right. something like that. So yeah. none of them ever found out she spent about two months there. If the productivity is there and the, yeah. the employer has no... If the work is getting done and it's being done to a, 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 a standard that they would yeah. want, then I see no issue with that. Yeah. yeah, there's just probably a certain amount of jealousy that kind of creeps in, yep, and and, uh, and and you know, unfortunately, I have a friend who does. She's all remote, and she can get work done. Any t- and she works so hard all the time, but like she travels all the time too. So like she'll go, you know, see fish, and you know, she's still uh, traveling for work. Oh, traveling for. Pleasure, not for work. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. No, she she doesn't have to travel for work at all. Like all of her work gets done at home or where, not even at home, just wherever she is. That's what that's where her any, work. Any is. bus stop. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I desperately want to be able to step out of my hotel suite and just hear oh. music like this. Yes. Sometime in the very near future. Welcome to Delaware. I miss it so bad. I need to be. Why on are you an playing island. this music at the Ramada? <laughs> you don't want to go on a nine-hour road trip with no air conditioning again. <laughs> you know that was pretty special. Yeah. Now that I think you about it, if I would this. just said this is the soundtrack in the car, it would have been like being there. This music's too loud, Daddy. So yeah, so they're doing this 12-month Barbados welcome stamp. You can essentially come there, work remotely uh, for a year at a time. That's a pretty good idea. You got to do something. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to do? I that? was going to say, can we do that? I mean, we could easily. We could. Will they yeah. let you tag sharks while you're there? <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see another story from the. Yeah, oh, last do we got to wrap it up? Last one. How about this one? For the first time, a female soldier has graduated from the Army's Elite Special Forces course and will join uh, one of the all-male Green Beret teams. Yeah, I saw this. It's pretty cool. Capping a years-long campaign to move women into the military's frontline combat jobs. Uh, The unidentified woman is one of three female soldiers who have been going through the Army Special Forces qualification course at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, she graduated Thursday and donned her green beret along with about 400 other soldiers. Uh, defense officials speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss personnel matters have confirmed that she is a member of the National Guard. Uh, the Army does not release the identities of the commandos or disclose to which special forces group uh, they will be assigned. So it's every possibility. But that person is Kathy. <laughs> I told you she looks like she got a lot of sun while we were going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be cool to have a title of commando? Oh, my God. Commando. Well, listen, Bill could give us that title. He could. Yeah. Commandos. Hello, commandos. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the more than I mean, when you're a commando, you're a badass. Uh, the more than 6,700 Army Green Berets are highly trained commandos who usually work in 12 person teams. Commando. Uh, they are often used for specialized combat and counterterrorism operations, and to train other nations' forces in battle skills. Uh, many work with Afghan forces uh, fighting the Taliban or are training troops in up to 60 countries. 
Uh, the path to becoming a Green Beret consists of several phases, beginning with the grueling assessment and selection phase, where commanders uh, believe that they can identify soldiers who cannot make the grade or do not belong. Uh, the bulk of those who try out do fail. Uh, some who get injured or fail are allowed to return and try again. So, uh, first female commander. Have you ever had a, they, in fact, there was another, uh, a, for the first female fighter, uh, a, a pilot. There was first female black fighter, uh, black female fighter pilot. Right. I saw, I saw that story over the week. I mean, there have been fighter pilots, female fighter pilots. Right. Is, yeah. Very uh, amazing. Yep. Yep. I so. mean, the, 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 the uh, that's, that's. To fly one of those suckers like oh, that, to have that capability. Mm-hmm. I was uh, a, a server for a brief time in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, which is not too far from the Pentagon. And uh, I was serving a table, and uh, they were all military, uh, active military. And uh, we, we were chatting for the, throughout the night. And one of the people at the table told me that another guy sitting at the table, he didn't say this himself, he wasn't bragging, was a Green Beret. And it's it just automatically changes your perception of that person. Oh, my God, and, and, yeah. And it's just all you're, – you're just – the level of admiration. Sean, yeah. I've been watching you wait on our table, and I think you got what it takes. <laughs> you brought those holes out, and they were piping hot. Thank you, sir. I'd like to get you out to the facility and see, put you through the paces and see if you have what, what it takes to be a Green Beret. Sir, I do not. I do not have that at all. I don't argue with the man. He knows what he's talking yes. about. You brought us our drinks and even had the umbrellas all opened up in our cocktails. <laughs> You're what we're looking for, young man. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyhow, uh, those are a few of the stories I thought I'd share. We do need to take a break. So thanks for letting me clean out the junk door. Hey, should I give away one of these? I think you should. I have a reserve spot for uh, four people per car as Amazon Studios and Michael B. Jordan's uh, Outlier Society presents a night at the drive-in ah. in a nationwide summer screening series celebrating multicultural voices in cinema. Uh, this week's screening takes place on Wednesday at 8.50 at uh, Shankweiler's drive-in, by the way, in Orfield, which is near Allentown. And features two movies uh, to make you proud, Black Panther and Creed. So let's take call number eight, and I'll set you up with that. Uh, you'll be headed to the movies, four-person. Uh, you, you get a reserve spot, which means you can bring four people in the car. Do they fight each other? 215-263-WMMR, two separate movies. Oh. Uh, if you don't win, visit a night at the drivein.com to uh, get first-come, first-serve passes. 215-263-WMMR. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. So the song we played from uh, U2 was Sunday Bloody. Sunday, which I don't know if you noticed, it starts with the letter S. Yes. It does. And that is the last letter in Casey's son Seamus' name. And if you were paying attention to all the music this morning. Wow. The first letter of each song title would then give you the name Seamus because it's Seamus's birthday today. Oh. My man turns 13 years old today. I've got pots an, and pans. Pots and pans. Got another 13 year old in my house. Uh, I've been calling him Roast Beef for the longest time now, press, ever since <laughs> I called you Broski. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, did you just call me Roast Beef? Yep. And I love that so much that uh, so now I call him Beef. Uh, so happy birthday, Beef. Uh, we did Sabotage, <laughs> Everlong. American Girl, uh, Mountain at My Gates, Uprising, and then Sunday Bloody Sunday. I did that for you, even though you're probably still asleep right now. <laughs> wow, and it's this late in the show? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's been sleeping like the dead lately. 
Uh, well, but, uh, yeah, have them enjoy it, man. It's yeah. a good, it's a, it's a, you, when you become a teenager, it's a thing. Yeah. So I'm going to do that for all you guys now. Cause I, I did it for Avery and then I did it for Seamus. Who's the next birthday on the, uh, on the docket here? Jace's birthday is in August. Uh, okay. So is Parker's. Parker's is August 8th. So we're going to be on vacation during, I mean, I'm not going to be here that day. Right. What? <laughs> 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 I don't okay. like to announce ahead of time that I'm not going to be here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's okay. Uh, okay. It's all right. <laughs> he, it's, he was going to be with his other family. Yeah, go fast this part. We're going to be on vacation. I mean, I'm not going to be here. Go fast this part. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, happy birthday to Seamus. 13. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 pretty wild, man. It's a big day. I like 13. how your, your wife yeah. complained recently on Instagram, Casey, that you were posting too many pictures of your, your dogs and not enough of your kids, so you included one of your dog and your kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That really made me laugh. Nice. So, uh, well, tell them you said happy birthday. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah, I'll, te- I'll text them now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to do the bizarre file while Casey's texting Seamus. <laughs> WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, I'll go through some stories I think you might find interesting. We'll start with this one. A Colorado man has been left with severe swipe injuries. Oh, no. After a bear managed to unlock his front door and come inside overnight. The attack happened early Friday. in here? Okay, and the code 4223, okay, we're in. Uh, the attack happened early Friday morning the in, the, swipe and begin. in the Aspen area. A public information officer said that the home has a lever handle on its front door that the bear was able to manipulate to break into the house. Hmm, it's a region's lever handle. <laughs> There's an access hole right here. Got it. Uh, He said the home, uh, he said that you're talking about a 400-pound animal. Uh, They can put 380. They can push down uh, with enough force to sometimes pop those locks. I'm being lowered in from the ceiling. (laughs) The homeowner. Hmm. Laser defense system. I can break this. He said the, the homeowner heard weird noises coming from the living room. I'm not a bear. And discovered a large bear when uh, he went in to investigate. Uh, The bear reportedly swiped at his head, neck, and face. His injuries aren't life-threatening, but he will have to undergo surgery. Uh, Authorities are hunting for the bear and have found it's likely to be killed because of its history uh, of run-ins with humans. Yeah, they found it, and they killed it. And they killed it, really? Yeah. Wow. So I guess it had had run-ins. I'd like to make one final statement, please. <laughs> run-ins. Before. the company that makes these lever handle locks, <laughs> you're really good. <laughs> I mean, I've always admired your work. Uh, You've always provided a, a little bit of a, of a challenge, and I've appreciated that. Okay, kill me. <laughs> a 58-year-old man was found dead on Thursday morning in Grant Park with stab wounds to the neck and back, and it happened after a woman called police when she saw him on the ground in the same spot for a third day in a row. Wow. So by the time it got to the third Three days. day, she figured she'd call the police. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. 
I guess he's not doing well. Uh, at about 9 a.m. Thursday, Chicago police responded to a call of a man found unresponsive near the end of Grant Park. Uh, the man was pronounced dead on the scene. Chicago police have since reclassified the death as a homicide. Medical examiners... He didn't ha- stab himself in the back? Uh, ...determined the man died from multiple sharp force injuries in a homicide. And a woman told police she had seen the man in the same spot Tuesday and Wednesday... I actually ate my lunch on him on Tuesday. Uh, ...before deciding to call police on Thursday morning. So yeah. He used him as a table. And Aurora, Colorado woman, says dozens of snakes invaded her apartment following building renovations. Charlotte Moore says the snakes have been getting into her home at the Fitzsimmons Junction apartment since June 2nd when balconies were moved at the complex. So we noticed the smell was really bad, and that's when we started seeing the snakes. Uh, she says at least 25 snakes have appeared along baseboards and under furniture, causing her to stay up for most of the night. She said, I'm up at 4 a.m., and I stay up until I literally fall asleep. That's horrible. That's no way to live. Moore has a distinct dislike and fear of snakes. She said, snakes. She said, to me, snake is Satan, and I don't want to deal with him. Okay. She, she said, you feel me? No. Bro. <laughs> uh, Moore, you feel me, bro? Snakes are Satan. You feel me? Moore, who has a disabled son, wants to be released from her lease. Uh, and a hole was apparently discovered inside the wall in the unit. Snake hole! And has now uh, been repaired. So... They're fixing it. Uh, we used to work with a guy named Reese who lives in Florida now, and he posted a picture of a snake that was on his front lawn, and we talked about this. Red touches yellow, kills a fellow. Yeah. It was a coral snake. No, are you kidding? Yes. Oh, they're they're very lethal. Yes, yes, they are. Wasn't it living in, like, his, the molding of his door or something there like that? There was another one that was living in the molding uh, of his door. I don't <laughs> think that was a coral snake, but... That I, was a mold snake. Yeah. Where does he live? He lives in Orlando or Winter Park, Florida. Okay, so okay. that's wild. How big was it? Uh, it was big enough, you wow. know, but, yeah. you know, we had talked about it, you know, months and months ago. And then just recently I said, uh, I don't remember how the rhyme goes. And we yeah. talked about, uh, you know, red touches yellow. Yeah. Kills, kills a fellow. fellow. Uh, some red touches black. black. You're okay, Jack. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Snake on my lawn. It's not a prawn. Mm, no, it's clearly a snake. It's a snake. Prawns are much smaller. And be water probably. <laughs> Uh, four members of the infamous Church of Bleach. Yes. A father and his three adult sons are facing fraud and contempt charges in Florida in connection with selling industrial bleach as miracle cure-all. Uh, Mark Grennan and his sons, Jonathan Jordan and Joseph, all from Bradenton, Florida, were charged on Wednesday. Prosecutors in Miami allege the men have been selling their industrial bleach product called Miracle Mineral Solution. Yeah. Or MMS as treatment for COVID-19 and other conditions. <laughs> Prosecutors say the men willfully violated a, a federal order made in April that they stop selling the distribution and distributing the product. Uh, the family also allegedly sent letters threatening violence to the federal judge who issued the order and warned that they may stage, quote, a Waco. Oh. Uh-oh. All along, a special agent with the Food and Drug Administration made undercover purchases of their MMS and exchanged emails with the men. Some of those emails, one of the defendants uh, advised the agent on how many drops of bleach per hour the agent's fictional wife should drink to treat her bladder cancer. Oh, it, it fixes bladder cancer. That, too. After a federal judge ordered them to stop selling the bleach, men allegedly moved their online orders to email 
and required customers to fill out a survey asking customers if they worked for the government or, quote, fake news. If you liked our bleach, recommend us. All in all, the men allegedly made around $500,000 in the last year alone from selling industrial bleach as a medical treatment. They average about 32000 a month. Uh, but when they began touting the bleach as a cure for COVID-19 in March of this year, they made $123,000, about a 400% increase in sales. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so they obviously are in trouble. Clearly, they don't know the healing powers powers of radiator fluid, right? No. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, one last story, and then we will end. Let's, uh, let's end with one in our great state. How yes. Uh, Pennsylvania State Police. Charged a Maryland woman who they say was driving backward in the left lane of the Pennsylvania Turnpike in Bedford County. Come on. Backwards in the left lane. Uh, now, that's not, I mean, she was going in reverse. Yes, as backwards. Opposed to the wrong the way. Wrong, yeah, the wrong way. So, yeah. Uh, Sam, uh, Sam, Samara, I guess I say name, Samara Cole. She was facing the right way. She was just driving in the wrong direction. Uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, was reportedly driving in reverse in the left lane of the PA Turnpike at approximately 6 p.m. I bet I can do this. Uh, they received multiple calls about the Mercedes-Benz. A caller reported Cole at mile marker 150.2, and then another caller reported that she was still traveling in reverse at mile marker 150.7. That's actually pretty good. Uh, troopers say that they arrived on the scene and a truck driver had stopped his tractor trailer behind Cole to prevent anyone from being hit. How fast was she going? It didn't say. Cole was in, found, passed out in the Mercedes with the doors all locked. Uh, EMS responded and Cole was found to be under the influence of drugs uh. and was taken into custody. And there you go. That is your bizarre file this morning. All right, we're going to take another break. Come back in a second when we return. We'll do the lesson question. We'll have trash. We'll have music news as well as a bunch in that, too. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. I hate Stevensinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. It's a Monday morning and all its Monday glory. We'll get to the letter of the day uh, as we wrap up the program in a little while. And uh, I'll remind you what the prize is. We will give it away on Friday. So get yourself set for that. In the meantime, we got some other things that we have your opportunity to win. Uh, today's lesson question is uh, the prize, the 24-karat gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. And the question that we will ask that, uh, of course, was from at some point earlier in the program is, besides the Rubik's Cube, which sex device did Erno Rubik invent? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. All right. It's his birthday today, by the way. Erno Rubik invented the Rubik's Cube, but he also invented a sex device. Which sex device was that? 215 263 WMMR, call right now. Let's see if you know we'll do the trash while you're trying to call in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's see what stories we get today. What's going on, Steve? Well, Emma Watson seen shopping for lingerie in some of London's most trendy stores. Watson made it clear she was shopping for feminist lingerie, which means just regular clothes. Oh, oh my God. The original Zoe herself, Jamie Lynn Spears, putting the big push on on her daughter Maddie, 
to play the title role in the new Zoe 101. Jamie Lynn says Maddie would be a perfect choice for the role on account of her kid needs the money for vittles. Hey! <laughs> and finally, Mary-Kate Olsen was spotted out and about just after separating from husband Olivier Sarkozy. Uh, Olsen told a reporter that this was the first time in years she hadn't been asked, little girl, has this man abducted you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. All right, thanks, Steve. We're going to the phone to see if somebody knows the answer to this question besides Rubik Cube, which sex device did Erno Rubik invent? And uh, Mike is our first caller, and so I'm going to go to him. Yo, Mike, good morning. Oh, good morning. All right, uh, besides Rubik's Cube, what uh, device did Erno Rubik invent? That would be the fleshlight. Fleshlight. Yeah. You got it, man. Hang on, Mike. You a 24-karat gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and book your appointment today. Time now for music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. Several items to go through this morning. Mike Shinoda, we'll start here, has released the video for his new single called Open Door. Uh, The clip shows how he created the song during his daily Twitch live streams. And it stars uh, the fans that he selected to join him on the track. Open Door is included on Shinoda's new solo project called Dropped Frames Volume 1, which was released this past Friday. The Lincoln Park member created all the songs with the assistance of his fans on Twitch. Uh, it's the follow-up to Shinoda's 2018 solo project called Post Traumatic. Motley Crue, Five Finger Death Punch, and Papa Roach will headline the Better Noise Music Festival, an online event set to take place on July 16th. It'll be broadcast from Better Noise Music's YouTube and Facebook pages at 6 p.m. and will benefit the Global Recovery Initiatives Foundation. Uh, along with uh, Crew and Five Finger Death Punch and Pop and Papa Roach will be a bunch of other bands. The notable ones, some I've never heard of before, but uh, AWOL Nation, The Who, meaning, you know... The, the uh, throat singers. Yes, the Siberian guys. Was that Siberia? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mongolian. Mongolian, thank you. Siberian, Mongolia. Whatever. I get Strombolian. Uh, Strombolian. Bad Wolves and more. <laughs> Strombolian. Now Ooh. you're on to something. Yeah. Now yeah. you got something. People right. stuffed with cheese. <laughs> do you guys like Strombolis? I, I do, love actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. I find that there's too much crust involved. <laughs> now I can understand if you're not in that mode. Yeah, yeah but as far as humans, it works much. Crust. Yeah. Right. No, you got to go to Pinocchio's. Yeah, they got good ones? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll do that right now. The best. Okay, see you. Uh, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Coldplay's debut album, Par- Parachutes on Friday, the band shared footage of their first take of the video for Yellow, which until now has been hidden in the vaults, according to a post on Coldplay's Instagram page. The band's creative director, Phil Harvey, uh, showed the footage or shared the footage, writing, uh, There were loads of extras in this version, but it rained all day, so we sent them home at 4 p.m. Chris grabbed the cameraman and said, Let's just walk down to the beach. Worked out well in the end. Chris looks like a baby in this video that's up on uh, on the screen in front of you, Preston. Look yeah. how young he looks here. Yep. Uh, the video was filmed in 2000, by the way. Judas Priest has canceled his 2020 tour, but has begun rolling out dates for 2021. According to Rolling Stone, the band posted a statement which reads, We have every intention of adding more shows and cities to our 50th anniversary tour in the fall of 2021. As soon as we have the new dates finalized, we will announce them. And they did. 
announce or no, I'm sorry, the the canceled show uh, that was uh, for here was supposed to be at the Man on September 14th. And then I don't know the official rescheduled date. I thought I wrote down the wrong thing. All right. I thought I had the rescheduled date. Um, This is terrible news. Elvis Presley's only grandson, 27-year-old Benjamin Keough, the son of Lisa Marie Presley and her first husband, Danny Keough, died of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound on Sunday in Calabasas, California. Lisa Marie's spokesperson told people she is completely heartbroken, inconsolable, and beyond devastated, but trying to stay strong for her 11-year-old twins and her oldest daughter, Riley. Uh, she adored that boy. He was the love of her life. Um, <clears throat> Uh, the department did not, the uh, sheriff's department didn't immediately respond to press inquiries about his death. Benjamin Keough was Lisa Marie's second child after his big sister, actress, Ry- uh, daughter, Riley Keough, who's now 31. Lisa Marie also has 11-year-old twin daughters, Harper and Finley Lockwood, from her marriage, Michael Lockwood. Uh, for the greater Elvis community, Benjamin Keough struck a particular nerve for fans due to his at-times shocking resemblance to his late grandfather, I have a photo here for uh, you guys who may want to see. Oh, wow. That, Kathy, look at this. Oh. Those eyes are just yeah. spot on Elvis yeah, Presley. Exactly. Yeah, so sad news. I don't know if he had a history of, uh, of depression, you know, depression or anything, or anything like that. I don't know anything about it, unfortunately. Horrific as a parent. Yeah. Well, this Wednesday at 9 a.m., we're going to get the first single from Metallica's highly anticipated S&M 2 box set. Wow. The single is a live rendition of All Within My Hands, which will originally which originally appeared on the St. Anger Studio LP. Uh, expect a live version of Nothing Else Matters to hit this week as well. S&M 2 is recorded live at the San Francisco Orchestra last fall to mark the 20th anniversary of the band's iconic album. And the box set is uh, supposed to be released this August. So we will have that for you on Wednesday. And one last thing, as mentioned earlier, Live Aid, the 35th anniversary special, is taking place today with one Mr. Pierre Robert, who will have that for you at noon. And it includes, uh, from the archives, uh, some of the best music performances from that day and backstage reports and interviews. You can also click events at WMMR.com and see the entire list of bands that played that scorching hot day at JFK Stadium in South Philly. And also online, you can see the TV promos for the concert that aired on Fox 29. That's so cool. So when you get a chance, check that out today. And then Pierre is going to have that for you at noon. It should be really, really cool. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back in just a moment. Get ready to wrap things up. Pierre should be here. We'll see what's going on with him as he gets ready for that special uh, show. And uh, letter of the day, word of the week, more. We'll be right back. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Cancer won't stop and neither will we. Join myself and Team WMMR on Sunday, August 9th for the 48th annual ACS Bikeathon. This year we're going virtual. The pedal power to finish the ride against cancer may look different, but the mission remains the same. Each Team WMMR rider gets a free team t-shirt, registration and complete details at WMMR.com and check out our custom Team WMMR Providers, Volet and Go Cycling. Team WMMR and the ACS Bikeathon, virtually unstoppable. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 933 WMMR is putting Philly first.
Back to work after a week off, a little bit of time off. We're now rested, relaxed, ready to spend some time with you on a daily basis. It's what we're doing. And uh, today was a good start, too. Yeah, it was. Uh, free of error. Free oh, of yes. Error. Yes, no errors at all. Yeah. None. That's what some rest will do for you. Put you yeah. right back on track. We started off with a number of technical issues. But <laughs> we have since gotten past it. Did you ever get your headphones? Yeah, back? my headphones are back. They uh, magically appeared, and I can hear you loud and nice. clear, Preston. Nice. Presbo. Uh, I want to thank uh, our lone guest for the day, comedian Greg Warren. Yeah. <laughs> New stand-up comedy special called Where the Field Corn Grows, and it's available now on uh, Amazon Prime. So uh, we thank him for being on the show today. And uh, with a new week comes a new Word of the Week prize, and uh, we have a chance for you to win that if you keep track of the letters throughout the course of the week. <laughs> ah, what the hell? We're just going to do that. I'm, I'm trying to kill time, but here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. V, as in vacation. All right, V. And uh, we are going to give away a Pizik round barbecue and fire pit kit from Landis Block. Landis Block, you can start imagining your own backyard paradise by looking at the photo gallery online at LandisBC.com. So we'll give that sucker away on Friday. Five letters. Keep track of them. And we will see if you end up winning by the time Friday Rolls around. Speaking of rolling around, hey, hey. he's rolling right into the studio, Mr. Pierre Robert. We haven't seen you in a little while. How you doing, man? Welcome back, you crazy kids. Nice to see you, sir. Yes. Were you here last week? Yes. Okay. Well, so. most of it. I was away a couple of the days. Okay. All right. How'd it go? Very without well. Us, without us around. Were we, was, you... Oh, I want to say, <clears throat> this kid here, Nicholas, did a hell of a job. He and uh, Sarah... Were the hosts, uh, you know, when you guys setting up the pieces, and they did a great job. Excellent. Nice yeah, it, was, it was really fun that we played back some hilarious segments. Preston, we did uh, Drunk Day with you where we did uh, Name oh, no. the Coworker. Oh, God. And I, I just was howling. Awesome. I was laughing so hard. It was so damn funny. And there were some great interviews in there as well. So Casey and Marissa did an awesome job at picking out uh, some awesome content. And uh, thanks for saying that nice thing. But uh, Sarah's just a pro. She's great to work with. But yes. Nick was coming out of the songs. So, you know, Nick was back announcing the songs, which we're not used to hearing. So, uh, and he did a really good job of it. And how is, how are his DJ skills? Uh, well, you know, uh, I'd say C+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I'm kidding. I, I, they're actually, I, I would say A-. minus. Well, oh, wow. Uh, not, not A, but A-. minus. Right. I'm sorry, A. <laughs> A+. plus. Nice. Everybody Sorry. wins. You don't yeah. have to grade on the curve, man. It's fine. <laughs> hey, we played um, back some of uh, uh, some of your stuff. Speaking of uh, of great jocks, we had uh, we played back it's, because it was so short. It was easy to do, but the Jack Nicholson interview at Live Aid so cool, man. The reason it was so short <laughs> is because um, I had volunteered on a crew for three or four days. Bill Graham, legendary concert promoter, put the show on with Larry Maggot. Uh, Live Aid, which was today, 35 years ago. And um, Bill got to Philly and looked at the site. Uh, and the reason they chose JFK Stadium, they were going to try to have it in London and New York. Uh, New York didn't have a big enough stadium that could hold as many people. JFK held 92, arguably 100,000 people. Uh, and so that's why it came to Philly. And Larry also was very influential. Larry Maggot of Electric Factory Concerts. And so... 
Bill came in to team up with him, but Bill had this touch with concerts, this amazing signature, like a piece of artwork his shows were. And he got to JFK and goes, this is a effing dump, which it was. Um, and so he painted. He had Feed the World painted on all over the place. And he like did all these sprucing up things for the cameras that were going to be there. And uh, they needed volunteers. So I went down and volunteered for um, four or five days and rolled out like foam on the lawn and stuff like that. And uh, I got an all-access pass. You gotta love an that. A pass. It was like one down from artist. Wow. And um, and all the national press, I mean, every conceivable press from not just national, international press was here. And there was this barrier. There was this backstage compound, which, again, Bill Graham had palm trees and couches and waterfalls and these really beautiful touches backstage, which made you think that this is JFK Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, and I was there when Phil Collins walked in to applause because he had played in the morning in uh, in uh, London, London yeah. then hopped on the uh, supersonic transit. Is that what it was called? The SST. SST yeah. yeah. And came over and Cher was on the plane. He said, why don't you come to Philly? And she did. No and way. she was on stage at the very end for the finale, which was We Are the World, um, which had just you know, had come out a couple of months before. But. Um, so the reason, back to my original thing, because I'm wondering, but the reason it was so short is because this nasty little British man was chasing me all around going, I told you, you can't be back here with a microphone. The press is out on the other level. And he goes, if I catch you one more time, I'm going to yank that pass. So I would run in and make these kamikaze hits with <laughs> interviews <laughs> and then run them out because WISP had the rights to the show. Right. And um, so we were in a Winnebago outside the compound. We couldn't even <laughs> technically be in the compound. They were actually broadcasting the show. But we got all the great interviews because I'd gotten this pass. And I'd run in and go... Neil Young, will you talk about? Sure, I'll talk to you. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I just chat with him and Santana and the Beach Boys, and then I'd run it out to the uh, out to the Winnebago and give it to Steve Lushbaugh, our brilliant production director. And WNEW in New York were taking our interviews as well because they were broadcasting out of the same Winnebago. They were sister stations with us at the time, and um, so we scored. Because of that. But I, I'm walking down this beautiful stone pathway that Bill had created. It's about 1130. And there, just sitting alone on a on a lawn chair, is effing Jack Nicholson. I go, <laughs> I look around, I pull the microphone, I go, Jack, would you... Would you chat with me? Sure, I'll, I'll talk with you. Wow. He sounds like Neil Young. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, well, I can't do it. I can't do voices like you can. But... Uh, uh, you know, but I mean, he would have gone on longer, but I'm so nervous that the little British man is going to see me and by yeah. go, yeah. holy black, I've got Jack Nicholson. So it's about a 52 second interview. Um, it's still cool, man. You can tell it's Jack. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was engaged. And later that evening, I snuck into the to the after party. Uh, which was at what's that circular hotel across from what, where the Four Seasons was? That big white oh, the, the Embassy Suites. Yeah, yeah. The after party was there at, at the pool, and I snuck in, and um, I'm walking around the pool. Mick Jagger is in one corner oh, holding wow. court. Robert Plant's over here. Uh, I mean, it, it's just like my little mouth is dropping, and I'm with a buddy of mine going, "Don't do anything stupid." <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and then I, t I walk around one corner of the pool and laid out flat on a chaise lounge is Jack Nicholson. And I'm going, this is just too much yeah. for my little brain to comprehend, my little 
you know, brain. And then I just sit there watching Mick Jagger talk with this other guy, and I go, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta, and and he's his bodyguard comes. We gotta go, and he was a little inebriated. I go, Hey, Mick, and he goes, Hey. <laughs> And gives me this loose half high five, and I go, "Oh my god!" I like my pinky touched his hand. You know, cheer out, Artie. So it was it it was the most stunning day of this city's concert history, I think, and in the top five of any show I've ever seen. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, it was magical. It's lit. there are people who have no recollection of it, who are unaware of it. And it's something to uh, to uh, spend some time with. That's why we're really excited about what you're doing later on. So. Joan Baez uh, opened the show, um, and she said, "Children of the '80s, this is your Woodstock," you know. And it and it wasn't obviously on a farm, certainly, um, but but these ninety thousand to a hundred thousand people on this steaming hot day. Bill had installed showers all over the place. They were shooting fire hoses out into the audience to cool people down. Got along. About uh, half of the house was sold, maybe three-quarters of the house sold in Philadelphia, but they put tickets on sale in other markets around the country. So um, 35 40% of the people were from around the country, and people just got along so well. It was a magical day. You know, I mean, we had the Led Zeppelin reunion, um, and each band could only pl- I'm sorry, I'm going on. No, no, no. But each band could only play three songs, and they had this circular stage which had been built for the thing. So while one band was playing, another band could get set up, and they'd rotate the stage in the half circle, and the next band would be ready to go. So it went boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. Really quick turnovers. And, you know, we'd had Eric Clapton and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Madonna and Teddy Pendergrass, and then later Led Zeppelin. Do you still have that all-access pass? No, I I had it in my apartment at 20th and Green, and my apartment got broken into, and they stole the pass. Oh. I kid you not. Oh, that's mm. harsh. That's a, that's a that was really harsh. But I oh, do what do you got there? Have a Live Aid shirt from that day. Wow, that's cool. That's a, they that's that, an authentic. This is from that day. It's definitely authentic. It doesn't have sleeves on it. Yeah, no, <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. The African uh, continent made into a guitar, which was the logo of Live Aid. Wait, who are the sponsors on the back at the bottom? Oh wow, AT and T, Chevrolet, Kodak, and Pepsi. Well, they all uh-huh. still exist, sort of. Yeah, sort of. And so, um, you know, and it had the uh, UK artists and the Kodak. When's the last time you saw that? I don't yeah, right. know that logo. <laughs> they may have gone the way. Wow, go to Chrome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, wow. so that is go. cool. That's, That's very cool. Here. Uh, so, a a full uh, recap. Uh, well, at I, noon I, or sorts of we'll, sorts. We'll do the best we can. Uh, uh, sadly, a lot of my tapes are lost. We still have Jack, and we still have uh, this Bill Graham piece where. Um, he says how much he likes the station because of all the dead we play. We played more dead at that time on this station than in San Francisco, where he was from. And he'd been in town for two weeks listening, and he just said, I love the station. That's great. I mean, totally un... You know, solicited. solicited. And, uh, you know, it just was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh, right. So that was my invitation. Um, and it was just stunning. And it was on time. The, the, and, you know, the Mick Jagger, the Hall and Oates into the Temptations. And they were the backing band for Mick Jagger doing some solo stuff. And then it's only rock and roll. And he brings Tina Turner out in this wild, hot, black outfit. And then in this definitely planned thing, 
during the song, they're dancing and singing together, and he reaches over and grabs this piece of her costume, and it it falls apart, and she's down to like just this bikini kind of thing, and it, it was totally wild, and people are roaring, and then people need to also know that this is at the the height of these various careers. This isn't right. like you're seeing some, you know. Uh, yeah, Tina Turner yeah, was on fire uh, in '85. You had people at the pinnacle, yeah. yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but just moment after moment, and then Bob Dylan closed the show, uh, and uh, he had Ronnie Wood and Keith Richards as his backup, um, and that was a great moment. And he said, you know, this is great that we're doing something for uh, all these hungry people and all the hungry kids in Africa. He said, but we need to do something for the farmers. Willie Nelson was watching that broadcast from Philadelphia, and that was the beginning of Farm Aid. Right. That's a great and, idea. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is pretty close to the way yeah. he does that. So, uh, I rest right. my case on well, the next show at 11. A more in-depth recap of that 35-year-old uh, monumental historic yeah. uh, you oh. know, concert moment was coming up. Here. One other thing. This kid had had hitchhiked up from Florida. I forget what his name is. And he camped out in Roosevelt Park across the street from the stadiums. And he somehow got into the papers and on TV. And and he had brought his guitar. And all he wanted was to play a song at Live Aid. And every day he was in the papers. And Bill Graham kept seeing it and seeing it. And he goes, go get that kid. No way. I swear to God. That's the kid? That's Bernard Watson? Uh, That's okay. his name. Yeah, yeah he's the, the first yeah. performer. So Preston mentioned him because we have the, the lineup up on uh, WMMR.com and PrestonSteve.com. And, and Bernard Watson, who I think went by another name or whatever, but that's the kid that that uh, Graham brought up to be right. the opener. Well, because it started on time at 9 o'clock with Joan Baez, and she sang, I think she sang We Are the World. And uh, then the Hooters uh, came on and did And We Danced and All You Zombies, and it was a huge launch to their career. But right at, at 5 minutes to uh, 9 o'clock, uh, this kid got to go on and sing a song. Um, I mean, it was a miracle. You know, it was the kind of thing that Bill could do. As we're seeing video of the of the greatest concert promoter of all time. He's legendary. People, I mean, if you if you don't know the story, I mean, uh, who could rival his history? Uh, no one could. Fillmore East, Fillmore West, Winterland. Uh, all the Fillmores to this day are based on the the Fillmore that he set up. Uh, he was like my hero, and I got to interview him for like 10 minutes. It was like so cool. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and he goes, I like your station because of all the dead you play. <laughs> he didn't really sound like that. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. But that, that was just one of a thousand magic moments. Awesome. Um, yeah. Excellent. I get excited so, talking about it. Yeah. So noon will be the official. Yes. Uh, program. Excellent. Thank you, Pierre. Now, I want to thank our sponsors. Preston Steve Show is brought to you today by Acme Markets Fresh Foods, local flavors. Also, Meineke doing car care right, and uh, Wilmington University. So, uh, we also want to mention what's coming up tomorrow. Uh, actor Alex Winter. Yes. From uh, Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure. New and- movie. He's got a documentary coming out too, I think. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes, about the uh, kids, uh, kids, yeah. kids celebrities. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're also going to have Will Sasso on the show tomorrow too. Uh, so, that's, that's, that's two biggies. Two we're going to have a good time, absolutely. So that is it. We are done, Ray John. Have a great day, and we shall see you tomorrow, my friend. Bye bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. This is to the dumbass at work who doesn't have anything to do, and instead of finding something to do, decides to email our director of operations discussing how he doesn't have anything to do. So now they're going to lay people off.
you. Next message. COVID-19 got me gardening. And every time I touch my flowers, I think of Pierre. I planted petunias. Next message. Go! The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.